You're listening to Star Wars The Saga Continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery and Tim Jirasi, are scouring the Holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed, so we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Always in motion is the future. This is just the beginning. You'll find I'm full of surprises. It's not over yet. No. There is another. Hey there, Star Wars fans. You're listening to Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for all the latest news, rumors, and updates on Star Wars Episode 7 and 8 and 9 and the spinoff films and all the other new and exciting projects coming up in the Star Wars universe. Uh, this is our 52nd episode and our first episode of 2015, so Happy New Year and uh, get excited, guys, because Star Wars Episode 7 comes out this year. I've been waiting forever to say that. I'm your host, Kyle, and as always i've got my co-host tim with me how's it going tim hey kyle yeah and how cool is it just to say that when someone asks you oh when does the new star wars movie come out we could finally say this year it's later this year but it's no more oh next year oh it's still two years away no it's this year and that's awesome to say <laughs> yeah i feel like i had a lot of family members ask me that around christmas time and i you know so my answer would always be like about a year from now um, you know, around Christmas time next year, or sometimes I would say December 18th, 2015, if I felt like being specific, but now it's not like, Oh, about a year from now. It's like this year, even though it's still about a year away, cause, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's at the very end of this year and we're still at the very beginning, but still it is the year of episode seven and battlefront, which just makes me even more excited. Oh yeah. I mean, it seems like a small thing when we just hit like the official one year anniversary on this past December 18th, 2014. But now that we're actually just a few weeks later from that, we're actually in 2015. It makes a huge difference for me just to knowing that we're in the year of that the new Star Wars movies coming out. So and, like if, technically it's still like a distance away and not too long ago from we're in December and a year away. But for me, when I look at it, it just makes it that much more closer knowing that we're in 2015 and Hopefully, like 2014 did, 2015 will hopefully fly by because uh, we got a lot, like you mentioned, Battlefront and the celebration is a few months, a lot of cool stuff happening this year. So I do have a pretty good feeling it's going to fly by and we'll be in December before you know it online in the, in the movie theaters waiting to be seated for a new Star Wars movie. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and yeah, you're right. 2014, I mean, maybe it's just me, maybe it's just us, but yeah, 2014 seemed to go by pretty quick. Um Although actually kind of looking back on it now, it kind of seems like yeah, that was a little bit of a long year, I guess. But at least like towards the end of it, you know, the last few months, I'd be like, wow, we're coming to the end of the year already. And where'd the time go? And so hopefully that same thing happens this year. Yeah, but watch. Uh, once we hit like maybe September in the fall, those are going to be the longest three months ever. <laughs> September, October, November, that's going to drag on. Yeah. Oh, man, I don't know. But by that point, I'll probably just be a vegetable sitting in front of my computer watching Rebels episodes and Episode 7 trailers and Battlefront gameplay footage like on an endless loop. Yeah, and hopefully maybe even the actual Battlefront game. Maybe it's not coming out. Maybe it'll be coming out a little earlier before the movies, like November or something. That'd be nice. Yeah, I'm thinking probably November at the earliest. Um, yeah. I mean, they. I don't know if we talked about this on one of our episodes before, but yeah, they they recently said that the uh, they don't have an official release date for it yet, but sort of the target window is holiday 2015. So 
you know, barring any delays in development and, uh, you know, delayed release dates or anything like that, um, it should be out you know, by the end of this year as well. And I would assume, I mean, with, with a big blockbuster game like that, I'd think they'd want to get it out before Thanksgiving and Black Friday. So um, hopefully sometime in November. But we'll yeah, see. usually the big video game titles are like November is the big month, and I would think Battlefront would be one of the most anticipated titles this year. So, oh, absolutely, especially I mean, with all the the hype surrounding Star Wars in general and the Star Wars movie, like Disney is going to make sure that that is the the hot button yeah. game of the the holiday season. They probably have something like get it, see exclusive footage from the Force Awakens in Battlefront or something like that. That's how the Episode Three game was. So I'm sure there'll be some cross tie-ins with like promotional ways to get. Those who maybe not, even though I don't know why, Star Wars fans would be interested in Battlefront just to see some new footage from Episode 7. We'll probably get those who were kind of on the fence to definitely get it. Yeah, I mean, on the one hand, I kind of hope they don't do that because I don't want anything spoiled for me in the game. I mean, although I'm sure once I get it, I might just like jump into the multiplayer. And especially if the story has anything to do with Episode 7, maybe just wait till after the movie comes out to play the story mode on the game. But um I don't know. Either way, obviously, lots of exciting Star Wars stuff to look forward to this year, as well as, uh, you know, the the Clone Wars Dark Disciple novel that's coming out this summer. Uh, lots of new Star Wars Rebels, obviously. Season or The second half of Season 1 just started up again with an awesome episode featuring uh, a sort of an appearance by Yoda. Um, you don't actually see him physically, but the the voice of Frank Oz doing some more Yoda lines, that was awesome. And we've got oh, yeah. uh, the rest of season one coming up this year and then season two, which we'll see the debut of at uh, Celebration Anaheim. And then, you know, see the rest of those episodes, I'm sure, sometime this year. Um, and uh, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of other stuff I'm not even mentioning or thinking about, not to mention all the episodes having promotional stuff, you know, not just the movie, but action figures and tie-in books and, uh, you know, soundtracks and all that kind of stuff as well. So, um, yeah, it, it is going to be an awesome year, jam-packed full of Star Wars stuff. Yeah, we're <laughs> look how excited we are. We're just barely on the sixth day of January as we're recording this episode. I mean, the fun is just starting right now as we enter this year of 2015. Uh, and by the time we hit December, man, it's, it's probably going to be like a thing where we're on such a high. And then afterwards, like after we see The Force Awakens, we're going to be like exhausted. It's like, oh, man, we made it through. <laughs> we made this through the Star Wars experience. And then maybe get a few days uh, uh, to take it all in, relax a little bit, see the movie like 20 more times. And then we gear it all back <laughs> up in 2016 for the standalone film in episode eight. Yep, yep. Um, and, you know, one more thing I wanted to mention, too, before we jump into all the news and stuff. Um, I know I mentioned on our last episode, which we recorded, like, mid-December. And, you know, of course, it's been a while since then. We've been busy with work and holidays and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I think we recorded our last episode before The Hobbit came out, and I talked about how I was excited to see the movie, but also excited to see the Star Wars trailer. Um, and I did go see that movie on opening night in IMAX 3D, and we saw the Star Wars trailer as I had expected, but unexpectedly, the trailer itself was actually in 3D. I don't think I'd even, I don't know if I'd even considered that before I went to see it, um, or maybe, you know, kind of wondered about it a little bit, but no, I think I was thinking about just the IMAX format. I know like that last shot with the Millennium Falcon, they filmed in IMAX, and so I was thinking, oh, if I see this on an IMAX screen, is that last shot going to be in the IMAX, you know, bigger screen format. 
Um, but of course I didn't even take note of that because I was so surprised to see it in 3d. Um, I mean, for, for those of you who have seen 3d movies, you probably know, like when they show the previews at the beginning, they show a few that are in 2d and then they, they have a, a screen that pops up with a message that says, you know, please put on your 3d glasses now. Um, and then you put them on. And at that point, I mean, I was looking for the star Wars trailer in those, in that first few batch of trailers, um, and then when uh, when the guy said, put your 3D glasses on, I'm like, oh, shoot, like, are we not going to see the Star Wars trailer? That's going to be disappointing. I mean, obviously, I was still excited for The Hobbit, too. It's not like it would have been a waste of my 15 bucks, but I really wanted to see that trailer on the big screen. So we put on our 3D glasses, and uh, then the very first trailer that came up was the trailer for The Force Awakens, and I was like... Oh my gosh, this is in 3D. I did not expect this at all. Um, And just that opening shot of the Tatooine landscape, I got so caught up in like, holy crap, it's Star Wars and it's Tatooine and 3D. And look at those like sand dunes out in the distance and like the 3D depth between them. And then John Boyega pops up and scared the crap out of me, even (laughs) though I should have totally known he was coming. Um, And then the rest of the stuff, uh, man, just looked... So cool. Um, I mean, the the X-Wings, the Millennium Falcon, all those shots that we talked about, uh, just seeing it on the big screen in 3D looked so cool. The 3D looks good um, so far. I mean, maybe if not, it, it wasn't quite enough just from that brief trailer to, to make me completely sold on like, oh, this movie's going to look fantastic in 3D. But all the shots in there ranged from great, to at least like pretty good in terms of the the visuals in 3D and the the depth of it and everything. Um, obviously, you know we'll have to see the whole thing in 3D to to judge whether it's really worth that extra, um, you know, adding the extra dimension to the experience. I guess because as far as I know, I still don't think they shot this in 3D. Um, so it seems like you know they're probably doing post production conversion on it. But uh, from from what I've seen so far, it looks like they're doing a pretty good job of it. And actually, Tim. Um, I might have told you this already, but I thought you'd be pretty happy about this, that I actually thought the best shot in the trailer in terms of just the the depth and the 3D effect was that shot of the stormtroopers inside the, the gunship or the carrier or whatever they're in. Because, um, I mean, it felt like a real space. It felt like you're almost in there with those guys, like waiting to get dropped into a battle zone or something. Um, so just from a 3D perspective, that was uh sort of unexpectedly the the best looking shot of the bunch but um yeah i mean just that whole thing was great and the hobbit was pretty good too i i enjoyed that and i like those movies a lot so um i'm sure a lot of you out there have probably uh seen the movie already and uh some of you may have seen the the force unleashed trailer on the big screen already but if you haven't seen it yet um now that you know you can see the trailer in IMAX 3D like get out there and see it it is totally worth it well i wish i could tell a cool story about seeing the force awakens trailer when i saw the hobbit but no <laughs> i would just saw the regular 2D version and when i saw saw it, they didn't show the trailer at all I and mean, i sat through like the paddington bear trailer i saw through, like that new rock movie san andreas I was like come on when are we getting the force awakens trailer and then the movie started like, huh. and I was really excited for The Hobbit too. But at the same time, as I was sitting those trailers, I started to get more excited to see The Force Awakens trailer on the big screen. But then nothing. But like two minutes later, I see Smog starting to desolate Lake Town <laughs> with his fire, and I started to get over it. But it's cool to hear that the 3D experience sounded really cool. Just how you describe it. And so, 
Uh, I mean, even not 3D, I just wanted to experience it on the big screen because I think just that feeling would have been cool. But maybe I have to try to catch it with some other movie or something while it's still circulating around. <laughs> but I was a little, couldn't help but be a little disappointed once I got out of the theater. Like, man, I really like The Hobbit, but I just wish I could have saw this Force Awakens trailer. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and I saw The Hobbit for a second time, too, and just in 2D, and uh, yeah, I didn't see the Star Wars trailer before that either, and I was kind of surprised. I was like, I I would think they'd be showing this in front of, like, every movie they possibly could, but I know. Um, then again, I don't know, maybe they're just trying to show off the IMAX 3D, and I know there's some stuff with, uh, you know, regulations regarding uh, trailers for, for movies from one studio playing before another studio's movies and all that. And obviously, uh, Lord of the Rings and Star Wars are owned by different companies, but, um, I don't I'm sure know. If I but, went to go see Into the Woods, I would have saw it no matter what. Yeah, most likely. I still haven't seen that, but, uh, I still kind of want to see it. So maybe I'll go see that at some point and see if I can catch that episode seven trailer again. Um, but yeah, so, so just a heads up for those of you who haven't seen it yet, um, that that is out there and that you have a chance to see the force awakens trailer on the big screen. Um, that is definitely an experience you do not want to miss. Like I did. Don't be like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't be like Tim. That's going to be the message for this episode. Don't be like Tim. Be like <laughs> 3D. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's get started on running down some of these news stories for the week. Um, well, almost more like for the month. It's been like three weeks since we recorded and there's been some pretty big stuff coming out. Um, and, uh, we'll start, uh, as we always try to do with some official news. Um, and this is, uh, another and probably the final, uh, video in the star Wars force for change series that, uh, JJ Abrams has been releasing like on Facebook and Twitter, um, as part of this whole force for change, uh, charity, charity initiative. Um, we've seen, uh, various videos where you know, he talks about the program, but then we also got our first glimpses at like the new X-Wing or uh, that little turtle alien guy in the Tatooine marketplace. Um, and this is a video of just all the crew, uh, like a lot of the, the crew members, um, as well as, you know, J.J. Abrams and some other people uh, involved in The Force Awakens, uh, just saying thank you to everybody who uh, donated and participated in this campaign. Um, and the uh, the little Star Wars tease in this video is that we see uh, Chewbacca as one of the people um you know, thanking us fans for donating it. And it's uh, presumably the Chewbacca outfit and costume from Star Wars Episode Seven. So uh, pretty cool to see that glimpse. Um, now, Tim, I don't know if you caught this, but I thought it was uh, a little interesting to note um, that there seemed to be something odd going on with Chewie's eyes. And yes. almost as if there were, like, no eyes in the sockets. And I was yeah. like, okay, so one of two things. Either he's old and gone blind or they filmed this on a day when they didn't happen to have Peter Mayhew on set, and so there's somebody smaller inside that Chewbacca mask who just didn't quite fit, and so, you know, they just made the mouth move and made it look like it's Chewie talking, but you don't actually, uh, you know, there, there's nobody actually, like, filling out that mask, and the aisles don't line up, so... Um, I yeah, we don't thought know. it was the latter, that, where it wasn't Peter Mayhew in there, just someone else in the costume, so they can kind of let everyone see the Chewbacca costume but now that you mentioned it if the possibility of him being blind like huh I never thought about that but I'd be pretty sad if that happened <laughs> <laughs> yeah well and you know I actually originally I was leaning towards the the latter of those two theories that it was um 
you know, that, that it was probably just not Peter Mayhew in the mask. But then uh, kind of jumping ahead a little bit here, but we, uh, we've got some concept art that we'll talk about later in the episode um, showing uh, what are supposedly the final designs of Han and Chewie from the new movie. And in, the, in, in Chewie's concept art, um, his eyes also look kind of dark. And so, again, it could just be, you know, it could be coincidence because it could be in the video. It's not Peter Mayhew in the mask. And it could be in this concept art that the drawing is just shadowy or, you know, they didn't do his eyes in full detail or whatever. But I was also like, oh, well, now we have, you know, if you wanted to, to lean on that first theory, it's like we now have two pieces of evidence that could back that up. So um, huh. I don't know. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, man, you're making me think about something I totally did not expect to even be a possibility, but you're making me seem like, oh, that maybe you might be onto something there. Man. I'll tell you what, if they want to change Chewie to, to make it seem like he's older, I do yeah. kind of like the blind idea better than the robot arm idea, just because, yeah, you know, from a lot of the reports and stuff we've heard, it seems like we're already going to be having enough cybernetic people in this movie, so... But man, I'll tell you right now, if Chewie's blind and if something happens to Han where he doesn't survive and Chewie's there but he can't see him, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> Seeing Chewie lose his best friend, but he can't see him for one last time, uh, that's going to be tough to sit through. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> Way to go all dark and depressing 15 minutes into the episode, Tim. <laughs> this is our first uh, new story already on a depressing note. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We just gave everybody the feels. Yeah. <laughs> The Wookiee feels. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, I mean, obviously, if you haven't seen this video yet, we've got the link to it on our Twitter page and Facebook and everything. Um, it's on the, uh, the Omaze uh, YouTube channel. And that's uh, sort of the official organization that does the, the Force for Change thing. Um, so, you know, always cool to see some more official little sneak peeks and stuff like that. Um, but as always, with all the hype and anticipation and stuff surrounding the movie, some people just aren't happy with, uh, you know, the little teasers and leaks and getting to see uh, the head of the Chewbacca costume. So, of course, we've got all kinds of leaked uh, images and concept art and stuff to talk about as well. Um, probably the biggest of which was uh, on, let's see, this was on uh, Monday, December 22nd. Um, the, this image started going around online of uh, a leaked image of uh, some of the Force Awakens action figures. Um, and I think these might actually be from the 6-inch Black Series line. I don't know if that's been confirmed yet or not, but these do look like uh, you know some pretty detailed figures that might yeah. you know, be pretty good size. Um, but anyway, so they've got five action figures here of uh, Kylo Ren, Finn, Rey, BB-8, and uh, not Poe Dameron, as you might suspect, because uh, all the other characters or new characters that we saw in the trailer but no the fifth character in here is Chewbacca uh and thankfully it's Chewbacca with two organic limbs um or I guess I should say four organic limbs if you're counting arms and legs but no <laughs> robot arm Chewie so that made me happy and now I was looking closely at his eyes but it's hard to tell in this shot <laughs> yeah yeah ironically like the only thing in this entire image that's in color is uh Chewie's body but not his head or his like satchel man purse thing that he wears um and then uh i don't know it looks like finn might have some orange detailing in his elbows but other than that everybody seems to be pretty much black and white so obviously these are you know sort of unfinished prototype versions of the figures but um 
I mean, depending on your feeling about leaks and spoilers and stuff, you know, uh, you you might think it's pretty cool to be able to get uh, a little bit better glimpse of these characters. Also, one thing worth noting, uh, Finn is not in Stormtrooper armor here. Um, So, you know, that sort of goes along with some of the rumors we've heard that he might start out a Stormtrooper and then switch sides or or run away or whatever. So I doubt he's going to be wearing that Stormtrooper armor the whole time. Um, and here he's just in what looks like sort of a casual, uh, you know, jacket and pants, maybe a flight suit kind of thing. Um, and then, uh, I mean, it's kind of hard to tell with, with Ray and uh, Kylo Ren. Um, although Kylo Ren definitely, I mean, whatever he's wearing looks pretty much in line with what he's wearing in the trailer. Um, it looks like some kind of tattered cape or something hanging down his back. And then we get a, a good, uh, sort of a good first look at his helmet here, which we'll talk about a little bit more in a minute. Um, and then, of course, you get uh, Ray wearing uh, kind of plain-looking clothes with maybe like a tattered jacket or something hanging around her waist. So it could be uh, what she's wearing in the trailer minus the the head wrap scarf kind of thing, um, or it could be a new outfit. I mean, this also looks like something... It, it looks a little bit like Jedi robes, I guess you could say, but... Um, a little bit, yeah. I can see that. But not like traditional Jedi robes. And so, um, you know, this is like something you could see a Jedi character wearing, but it's not like what Obi-Wan would wear sitting on the Jedi Council kind of thing. So, um, you know, kind of a, a possibly a new Jedi look. Um, no uh, no weapons or accessories pictured here, so we don't know who's got lightsabers or anything like that. Um, and then there's BB-8, who uh, I'm not sure if he'll be his own action figure or if he'll come packaged with uh, probably with Rey. Um, cause he's a, he comes up to about her knee. So that's kind of small to be like packaged on his own as an action figure. But then again, R2D2 and Yoda and all those guys are always, uh, you know, separated as their own action figures and Disney want to make, wants to make more money. So he probably will just be packaged as his own yeah. figure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know, uh, Tim, anything else you noticed from these or anything immediately stand out to you? Um, well, the figure that jumped out to me, of course, is going to be Kyle Ren and just his helmet and the design of it, which like I said, we'll get to later, but, um, there's something about, action figures that there's always some form stuff from whatever the line is going to be gets leaked out then when it's earlier than it should it just starts getting you more excited for stuff because i remember back to the episode one days images from the actual cards for the figures got uh, leaked out like a few months before like even before the action figures came out and way before the movie i remember that's where i saw first like images of characters like Padme and Qui-Gon and then a bunch of other side characters like Rick Olay and Captain Panaka, those type of small characters. But I just remember saving like frantically saving all those images real quick back then. It's like and just looking at them almost every day like, man, these are the characters for the new Star Wars movie. This is so cool we're seeing pictures of it. But but these there's no like actual photos from the film like those episode one leaks were, but still cool nonetheless to see get a good idea what the figures uh, we can expect to see and look like. And yeah, like you said with Finn not being in Stormtrooper gear, which we, I think we probably was safe to assume that he wasn't going to be wearing Stormtrooper armor for the whole movie, but it's cool to get an idea what uh, maybe his more uh, traditional outfit will be. I don't know, kind of got a little Han Solo vibe there too with the vest that he's wearing. It's not it's a little longer than what Han Solo wears, but if the rumors are true where him and Ray are going to be teaming up with Han Solo for a good portion of the movie, maybe he's going to try to emulate Han in some way. So I thought that was pretty interesting. But I don't know. Everybody complains about Lando wearing Han's clothes. Yeah, we'll see. Well, I don't think Finn's going to do anything that gets uh, Han stuck in carbonite again. (laughs) (laughs) He might have a better relationship at that point with him. But yeah, I think it's cool to get a little sneak preview of what 
the figures are going to, not just the figures too, but what the characters and some of their outfits are going to look like. So it was cool to get it unexpected. And I know uh, Lucasfilm wasn't too happy about it. <laughs> as a lot of sites posted, it had to remove the image. So you can still find it on some places though, if you want to check it out. But it was cool to get. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, obviously, you can understand why they wouldn't want this kind of stuff to leak out early. At the same time, I'm glad that there's nothing really spoiler-ish yeah. here. Um, we don't get any uh, any glimpses of any new characters that we haven't seen before, except for Chewie, but obviously we've seen him in all the other movies. Um, just This is our first look at him from the new movie, but uh, at first glimpse, it just looks like same old Chewbacca. So yeah, I'm um, kind of hoping we get like a like the Luke Skywalker figure could have been in here. Maybe it would have cause like he would get revealed as a set to be like detachable beard and like different <laughs> things put on his face. <laughs> Luke Skywalker with contractually obligated beard. Yeah. That's what's gonna say on the box. <laughs> but um yeah, I mean that would have been cool to see on the one hand, but on the other hand, like I'm glad that that wasn't one of the figures because, uh, like I said, now there's at least still some mystery surrounding Han and Luke and Leia and uh, some of the other villains like the Chrome Stormtroopers and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, the, these leaks are pretty limited to uh, stuff that we've already seen. However, yeah. one thing included in these figure shots uh, that we hadn't seen before is the front side of Kylo Ren and particularly his mask. Um, and I think it was later the same day after these action figures yeah. got leaked, um, just like within a few hours, there was a new post on Indie Revolver, um, which I think they were the guys who first leaked like the image, the, the first images of the new Stormtrooper helmets. Um, and now they've got some more uh, in-depth concept art images of Kylo Ren's, uh, sort of his overall look in his helmet. Um, they've got one image of, uh, looks like, him with his lightsaber ignited, maybe standing with some fire in the background or something. Um, but then obviously the, the main image that you get a better look at is this one that shows uh, two different views of Justice Helmet. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it looks pretty cool. Now that we can see the whole thing, um, you know, we had speculated a lot that, uh, oh, this guy's got like a Darth Revan kind of look to him and maybe it'll be Revan's mask that he collected, you know, collecting some ancient Sith relics from the Old Republic or whatever. Um, but now that we actually see the full thing in more detail, it definitely looks a lot more Darth Vader inspired than Darth Revan. Um, but I still think it looks really cool. I mean, it's got... I guess if you sort of picture like the top of Darth Vader's helmet, for those of you who haven't seen this yet, um, if you sort of picture like the the top and the back of Darth Vader's helmet with like sort of the, the flared out thing that goes around the dome, um, it's sort of that, but like shorter, I guess. Um, and then it looks like rather than, uh, you know, coverings over the eyes or whatever, that it'll you know, it might just be some sort of slot or like eye holes or whatever, um, where you actually might be able to see a little bit of his face where he's wearing, when he's wearing this. Um, and it's got some, some sort of yellow lines and rings and stuff going around the eyes. And then, um, sort of a separate looking, uh, face plate on here. I mean, it's, it's a little bit hard to describe, but it's pretty cool looking. Um, definitely has uh, a little bit of a Darth Vader vibe to it, but also, you know, it looks new. It looks fresh. It looks, uh, it kind of looks old, too. I mean, it definitely looks like this could be uh, still some sort of ancient Sith uh, helmet or, or relic or something like that. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I thought this was pretty cool. Tim, what would you think? 
yeah, after I saw the image, I tweeted out saying, looks like Kylo Ren is going to continue on the tradition of cool-looking Star Wars villains because <laughs> I personally think the design looks really cool. Like you said, similar to Darth Vader, but still kind of being his own too. It's almost like a ninja Sith in a way. I remember the, like a while ago making Star Wars posters or a concept art description of what this helmet could look like. They kind of described it as like maybe a cross between like samurai or even then like the Darth Bane that we saw in the Clone Wars Lost Missions episode. And it doesn't necessarily look like that Darth Bane design, but I can kind of see where it has, you know, like the samurai ninja influence in there too. And I think the description shows and in the revolver they put that from what their sources are saying, this should be what the final design is going to look like, except that the the yellow uh, like stripes that are going along the helmets, there's going to be a different color and that um, the face mask is going to be removable, which they say is kind of looks like a few like certain characters may have that type of like removable mask on there. So, yeah, curious to see what because I put with this with this concept art, it looks cool. But I'm just curious to see how even much more cool it's going to look when we see like it actually in the movie. And yeah, I just can't wait to see it in motion. And you and me were talking about this earlier, too, how there was that other concept art that came out where we first saw the new lightsaber, the new broadsword lightsaber. And how the mask and that look like Darth Revan's, and how this one doesn't. It's more similar to Vader. But when we were talking, like, how cool would it be if, kind of throughout the movie, Kylo Ren wears different Sith masks that he has? If the rumors are true, where he's collecting different Sith artifacts, and kind of like how I remember for uh, the Phantom Menace, where every time you saw Queen Amidala, she was wearing a different outfit. What if they do something similar with Kylo Ren, where a lot of times where you see him, he's wearing a different Sith mask or Sith outfit, where we can see one like that Darth Levin mask in this one. And maybe this one ends up being his the final one that he wears in the movie or something. But either way, I think that could be a pretty cool concept where he's a character who's collecting these Sith, different Sith artifacts, and he uses different ones on the different occasions and what the situation's going to be. So, yeah, there's more stuff to speculate on. But if this is going to be... This is the only design that he has. I'm happy with it. I think it looks cool. Like I said, maybe not the iconic as Darth Vader, but I like how it's taking um, inspiration from it because you would think that would be the case for some, a movie taking a place where someone who wants to be the next, I don't know, Sith Lord, but trying to follow footsteps in the Sith would want to like base himself off of the Sith Lord, the last Sith Lord with uh, Darth Vader and Palpatine. But I don't think you'd want to base your look off Palpatine with like wrinkled face and all that <laughs> from <laughs> Force Lightning. So Vader would be the one you want to mo- be modeled after. So yeah, I think it looks really cool. And like, again, like I said, can't wait to see it in live action for the first time. Yeah, definitely. And like you said, I mean, if this is the final design and this is all he's going to be wearing, I'm perfectly happy with that because as much as the fanboy in me would love to see, you know, the the new villain in episodes having wearing Darth Revan's mask or helmet or whatever, um, I mean, it, it definitely seems like this is probably more likely that it's you know a, a newer uh, sort of more original villain whose armor and mask and everything sort of evokes some previous, you know, obviously Darth Vader and uh, maybe even you know, like you said, a little bit of Darth Bane and some other stuff, but. Um, yeah, you know, I, I definitely would imagine they'd want to put their own spin on it and not just, uh, you know, bases look off of stuff from the EU. And even looking at it now, um, you know, we, we talked about how in that first concept art image we saw how we thought it kind of looked like Darth Revan. But I'm like, yeah, but, you know, now that I look at it now, it's like he had a hood up and there was like light, you know, red light from the lightsabers were reflecting off the mask. So you couldn't tell if there was actually some red on the mask or if that was just the, the light reflecting off of it. So I get the feeling that that first concept art image that we saw was just 
an earlier version of this and that, you know, A, it was hard to really clearly see the details of the mask in that first picture and B, that could have been an earlier uh, concept where they might have changed some things uh, leading up to this more final version. Um, but yeah, either way, it looks really cool. And, you know, if he is going to wear some other stuff in the movie or have some other Sith armor or, you know, use some other Sith artifacts or whatever, awesome. Can't wait to see it. But uh, yeah, if this is all we get to, then um, I'm sure this is going to be a, a really cool looking new Star Wars villain design. Totally. With that and the figure we saw, with the action figure we saw in that leaked image, <laughs> this uh, character is not disappointing so far <laughs> between yeah. his uh, mask and his lightsaber. <laughs> I mean, all that's left is here. We've got to hear how he speaks. Maybe he'll sound as cool as Darth Vader or a little different. I don't know. It should be interesting. Oh, yeah, man. I don't know how long it's going to be before we're going to find that out. Like, I, I don't know if we'll hear him talk in the next trailer or if we'll have to wait till the movie comes out. But yeah. Um, Another thing real quick, too, that I like about some of the at least conceptual designs that they're planning on. We've seen that image of the Chrome Trooper too with the hooded cloak on there. We know Kylo Ren from the trailer has a hooded cloak on too, but I just like that look of characters wearing like a mask or a helmet, but then you got the cloak over it. I think it just adds another layer to it looking cool. So uh, when we see that shot of him walking in the snow in that trailer, hopefully that hooded cloak is covering the mask that we see here because I think that would look really cool. Yeah, I mean, that. yeah, all that stuff we've seen so far looks pretty cool. And also, speaking of new villain designs, uh, a few days later, India Revolver posted another piece of concept art, um, this time showing a, a new TIE Fighter design for the movie, which I think looks way cool. Um, I have to say, one of the things I was a little bit surprised slash disappointed by so far, um, and this is obviously just from... I think pretty much just concept art and stuff that we've seen. And then that really brief shot of the TIE fighters in at the very end of the trailer. But I was like, this is 30 years later and you see how much the, the vehicles and stuff, how much the design changes in the 20 years between revenge of the Sith and a new hope. Um, I mean, obviously you've got like the arc one seventies and the X wings they're you know, related, but they look pretty different. And yet you can, you can see the connection between the two and same goes for like the Jedi starfighters and the V wings, which then, you know, make the progression to tie fighters. But then, you know, with the stuff that we've seen so far for the force awakens, it's like, okay, well, you know, they, they changed up the X wings and the tie fighters a little bit and made them look different. But at the same time, this is 30 years later and they're still kind of basically the same X wings and tie fighters. Um, I, I do like the new X-Wing designs, but the TIE Fighters, I was maybe just slightly disappointed that they didn't really do anything new with, as far as we can tell so far. But then with this new design that we get, um, I really hope this is a final thing that shows up in the movie, because this is a really cool looking uh, new design for a TIE Fighter. I'm not even exactly sure if this is like a single person TIE fighter or if it's like some kind of shuttle because in this image that they've got, you see this thing uh, parked on the ground, looks like maybe on an Imperial shipyard or something. You've got a regular TIE fighter parked right next to it, um, surrounded by like a squadron of stormtroopers. But then with this new one, uh, and, and I'll kind of describe it in a minute, but it's got, you know, it, it's uh, red and kind of has some longer wings, but it's got a ramp extending down from the cockpit with two, uh, kind of looks like the, the red robed Imperial guards from uh, the original movies, but these guys are like teeny tiny, so you can't really see any details on them. Um, but they're, they're standing at the end of this ramp. And so a, that obviously sort of signifies that this is, uh, not just a regular TIE fighter, but that this is going to be, 
uh, a ship either belonging to Kylo Ren or possibly the commander of the Chrome Stormtroopers or some other Imperial officer or Imperial villain that we don't know about yet. Um, but this is definitely not like, um, you know, normal. You wouldn't see a whole squadron of these TIE fighters going out. This is like, uh, you know, if you were playing a, a Star Wars space combat game, like this would be a boss fight right here. Um, you know, this is sort of like the, the new movies version of Darth Vader's tie advanced, but, um, I mean, it, it's kind of hard to tell how the whole thing is going to look just from this one angle in the image here. But, um, like I said, the wings are a little bit different shape where they're a lot longer on the top and shorter on the bottom. Uh, so that rather than sort of sitting evenly between the two wings, like they do on a normal tie fighter, the like if the the when the tie fighter's parked uh the cockpit actually sits a lot lower to the ground um and then in between the cockpit and the wing on either side it's got um what looks like some sort of like turbine engine in between there so it's not going to be just like the tiny little you know twin ion engines on the back it's looks like you know maybe this thing could even go to hyperspace or something like that um, looks like it's definitely got some more powerful engines on it and then it's got some really re really cool looking red detailing on it um, sort of like a red X across the front of the cockpit. So I cannot wait to see this thing in action. And who knows if, uh, you know, when it takes off, maybe those wings fold into a different position or something. Um, so this is one of the designs that we've seen so far that has gotten me really excited. Um, and I cannot wait to see this thing in action on the big screen. Well, Kyle, this is something where you and me are going to disagree a little bit on. <laughs> this design, it didn't really blow me away or make me think, oh, this is like a cool new look for the TIE Fighter. It's something where I'm going to have to get used to where, I mean, it's hard to fully judge it when you're just looking at a concept art image. And, I mean, you got to wait till you see it on screen and in motion to probably see all the cool stuff it can do. But just from looking at this concept art, it really wasn't my favorite uh, design that I've seen so far. I just think that the it's just a little too wide for a TIE Fighter where you got those, like, even those two extra engine sitting in between the cockpits and the wings, that there's something about it that feels a little off to me where it's going to be somewhere I have to get used to. But then again, I do like the idea where this isn't like the full design for all new TIE Fighters in the movie. It's something where it's probably going to be only one and be flown by like either, like you said, Kylo Ren or maybe the Chrome Stormtrooper commander, someone in high ranking in, in the Empire. So I do like that idea, but just the overall design, it just hasn't grabbed me just yet. I don't know. <laughs> like I said, we'll have to wait and see till I see it in motion. But you know, just looking at it, it's like, uh, I don't know. I'm going to still uh, stick with the classic TIE Fighter so far <laughs> compared to this one. Yeah, I mean, I like the design of the classic TIE Fighter, obviously. But um, I don't know. I mean, I, I can certainly understand how this could take some getting used to. But for me, just the first time I saw it, it kind of jumped out. I was like, whoa, that's different. And yet it still looks like a TIE Fighter. But it... It looks how a 30-year evolution of a TIE fighter should look, I think. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I hope they uh, they certainly uh, prove to be as cool in action in the movie as uh, I think it looks just in this image. But um, well, Now that I've said it, I like the design I've been least impressed with, this is going to be like the coolest ship in the whole movie. <laughs> it's going to do like all these amazing stuff. It's going to just make me think, oh, I got to take back what I said all those uh, months ago <laughs> when I first saw the concept art image. Yeah. And just as I'm looking at it, I almost get the feeling more and more that with just with the, the shape of these wings and the way that the, um, Oh, actually, you know what? Huh? 
just as I'm looking at it, it almost looks like it's got like laser cannons or something going up the side of the wings. And so I bet you those don't like fold inwards or outwards. I bet you those rotate down forwards. And so in flight, it's maybe like more the shape of a TIE interceptor. Uh, yeah, I follow you. Actually, yeah. Now that I'm looking at it again, I, I would like bet money on that. <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty cool. Which is going to just make it look even cooler. I yeah. Think. See, it's kind of like kind of getting the same vibe I had when I first saw the Tumblr image for the first time. Like, ah, oh, that's like like one of my least favorite Batmobile designs. And while it's not <laughs> my favorite design, it definitely I did some cool stuff in all the three movies. So <laughs> like kind of won me over in that regard. So maybe the TIE fighter would do the same. Yeah. Oh man, now I can't wait to see this thing. <laughs> Cause was, yeah, because the cockpit also kind of like sticks out forward a little bit, which almost makes it seem like it would be more exposed or something or, or might look a little bit awkward. But if those wings like rotate down forwards, then you know the the cockpit is still going to be you know centered in between the wings and, and it's going to look a little bit more like sort of the classic TIE interceptor design. So, man, yeah. Maybe that, it's going to be a TIE fighter that finally has some shields cool. too. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Of course, then again, like when do shields ever do anything in Star Wars anyways? I think the Millennium Falcon is the only like small ship that we've ever seen take a direct hit without blowing up right away uh, it probably would help uh, luke and wedge in the death star trench when darth vader shot him too <laughs> Didn't yeah we'll me, see <laughs> i think i think they're supposed to have shields i'm not sure um because as far as i know like i thought x-wings and y-wings and all those ships had shields and it was just tie fighters that didn't because they were more focused yeah. on just speed and numbers yeah tie fighters are the only ones i know that didn't have it yeah and yet X-Wings and Y-Wings certainly don't look like they have shields when they get hit by lasers. <laughs> well, they just maybe just got hit a little few too much times and uh, between the Darth Vader's Star Fighter and the TIE Fighters, we just didn't see it all on screen. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, I just took five hits and you didn't see it. We're going to cut back for just the, the one final shot. <laughs> yeah, I'm not counting that whole sequence here. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then... Uh, I think, let's see, is this our last piece of concept art? Yeah, but, um, so then on this marketsaw.blogspot.com, um, I don't think I've ever heard of this website before, but they released, uh, they were the ones that leaked these two new images of uh, Han and Chewie, that concept art, um, that we talked about a little bit earlier with uh, Chewbacca and uh, my possible blindness theory. Um, but we've got the image of Chewie, we've also got another image of Han, which... Uh, is pretty well in line with um, an earlier uh, concept art image we had seen of Han's possible costume for the movie, um, where he's wearing kind of like uh, like a long old western duster type jacket. Uh, definitely gives him a Malcolm Reynolds from Firefly type vibe, but also, um, I mean, it doesn't really seem like they're just ripping off Firefly. It certainly looks like uh, sort of classic Han Solo look as well. Certainly looks fitting for an older Han Solo. Yeah. Um, and as far as like his shirt and his pants and his blaster holster on his hip and everything, it looks like they took it right out of a new hope. So, um, yeah, it seems like they're not trying to go, especially with like the, the classic stuff, like, you know, Han and Chewie and the Falcon and the TIE fighters and stuff. It seems like they're trying not to do too much in terms of, um, updating it and changing it and they want to really sort of evoke that classic feel so um you know i mean this is almost exactly how you would think a, a 30 years older han solo should look so um yeah I, I would not be surprised at all nor disappointed to see him uh where you know sporting this look in the film 
Exactly. Yeah. When I first saw these images, like, okay, cool. Get a more of an idea of what we can expect for Han and Chewie. But at the same time, like you said, it's kind of exactly what we expected them to look like anyway. So nothing too mind blowing or drastic here. I saw some comments on like Twitter and social media stuff from some people saying, oh, kind of disappointed with these images. Like, really was there to be disappointed with it's Han and Chewie and Han just has a coat on. <laughs> like, there's nothing really to be like too overly excited for or too overly disappointed. It's just how Han and Chewie are going to look in The Force Awakens. And for Chewie, there's really nothing he can complain about. He looks exactly the same, except for you now getting me worried that he's going to be blind. But <laughs> other than that, it looks like the Chewie we all know and love. So, yeah, just uh, like I said earlier with uh, the, some of those past images we saw of like Han with that longer coat that he has that looks like what he wore on the Battle of Endor. Just a different color, but again, still feels like Han Solo. So it's all good with me. <laughs> yeah, and again, I, I'm not sure how much more you could expect from these images, you know, unless you were expecting Han to be wearing like Mandalorian battle armor and Chewie to be sporting a mohawk or something like <laughs> that. That would be pretty cool, actually. Um, <laughs> Mandalorian armor. <laughs> yeah, but, um, I mean, it fits. That's what I've said for a lot of stuff so far with uh, episode seven that we've seen. If, like if for things that haven't necessarily blown me away, it's like the best thing I can say is it looks like it just fits within the Star Wars universe and that, uh, you know, it's not going to be bad. It's not going to be distracting. It's just going to work well with the overall aesthetic of that universe that we all know and love. And I think the, you know, the look of Chewie, which is pretty much unchanged and the the new Han outfit, which isn't all that much different. I think it, uh, you know, it just works. Yeah, totally. I mean, <laughs> I've, we've seen Han and Chewie and a few concept art pieces now. It's like, Where's Luke? That's the one I really want to see for <laughs> the classic characters. But I, I just either those didn't get out and Lucasfilm has kept Luke's design just super secret where no one could get their hands on it. Or like like you said, it's either that or no, see, I'm going to take that back. I think it's just that where Lucasfilm just did a good job making sure that doesn't get out. Because I'm sure <laughs> if someone had it, they would want to put that out there that they got their hands on the first like concept art for Luke. So, cause I was going to say maybe someone's been holding on to that and they just didn't want to release it yet. But I would think if they had the first concept designs or, or any concept designs of Luke for that matter, they'd probably want to put that out there. But so far there's nothing. Yeah. And by the way, um, I know we talked about on our last episode, how there was a rumor that we might get to see the first poster for the movie released uh, before the end of last year, which obviously didn't happen, um, you know, we were thinking that maybe we'd get to see something official come out on December 18th, 2014 to mark the one year anniversary or you know, one year remaining till episode seven comes out. Um, and that didn't really happen. But I heard another rumor somewhere. And I know, like, we don't have this on our, our list of stories to cover for the week. Um, so don't quote me on this because I don't remember exactly where I heard it. I'm sure it was somewhere on Twitter. But um, somebody was saying that uh, we might be seeing the first poster for the movie release sometime this month and that we would get our first look at the classic characters on that poster. Or at least maybe they just mentioned Luke, but maybe I, I think I kind of got the impression that, um, you know, maybe all three of the characters would be on there, Han, Luke, and Leia. Um, you know who it was? I think it said it was Warwick Davis. I think he made a comment about that. About yeah, that sounds about right now that you mention it. But it could have been somewhere like he didn't necessarily say, yeah, the post was coming out with Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, and Carrie Fisher, how they look now. I think he just made something, yeah. The, like, I think he said, like, I can't wait to see the poster with like all the characters on it. He's like something where I think it might have been a little blown out of proportion, where it could have been like people expecting, oh, this is, we're definitely going to see like the big three in this poster again. So 
Uh, yeah, well, it also, it, I, I, I think it might have been something along the lines of, like, if you were disappointed that you didn't get to see any of the classic characters mm-hmm. in the trailer, then you'll be happy when the poster gets released something or something like, like that. that. And then maybe there was a separate rumor where they thought the poster was going to be released sometime this month. So, I don't know. Not a whole lot to go on there. Um, but way, we didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, well, obviously we didn't get it by the end of last year, but keep an eye out because it might be coming out sometime this month. Um, and obviously it has to come out sometime this year. Um, and you know, it's funny because when we talked about it last time and talked about the possibility of it coming out on December 18th, 2014, I was like, well, it would be cool if they release something official to mark the, you know, the one year point. Um, but I think it's a little early to be releasing like the main poster with all the characters on it and stuff. But now that we're into 2015, even though it's only like a month later, suddenly it kind of seems appropriate to like release the poster in the same year um but at the same time i I still wouldn't be surprised if we don't get it till you know maybe sometime in the summer or something like that but if they do release it earlier in the year then awesome we'll get to see uh, our first look at some more characters sooner than later celebration would be a good place to release it then you can like sell some exclusive like uh prints (laughs) at celebration for us to get our hands on that'd be oh my goodness Shut up and take my money. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be saying that to a lot of people at Celebration, I'm sure. Yeah, just hopefully they have enough in supply if that's the case. <laughs> oh, they won't. But yeah. I'll wait in line and hope I'm, you know, one of the first. Yeah, and get whoever's on the poster to sign it if they're there. <laughs> That'd be the goal. Oh, see, I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> Those are going to be expensive. <laughs> no, you just, like, hopefully whoever's on the poster there are just like a guest who's going to celebration and you just randomly see them walking the show floor and you get them to sign it. How awesome would that be? Yeah. Or just happen to bump into them, you know, at dinner after the convention yeah. or something like that. <laughs> hey guys, I got Mark Hamill's autograph at Applebee's. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. We can have our delusions of grandeur. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, and then we're about to have at least that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then for our last uh, concept art related stuff, this isn't an actual image, but just another description of some concept art from making Star Wars. So, Tim, I will leave this in your capable hands. Um, As I was telling you before, um, I mean, as much as I'm excited for this movie and as much as I love reading all the the news and the rumors and stuff – and, and, you know, all due respect to these guys at MakingStarWars.net, I mean, they've done a great job of, uh, you know, keeping us fans up to date for those of us who like to keep track of all the rumors and, and uh, teasers and that kind of stuff, the sort of unofficial channels of um, finding out information about the movie. They've posted a ton of stuff. A lot of it has uh, come to be true from what we've seen in some of the concept art and the trailers and stuff like that. But sometimes when they post articles about... Uh, you know, a, a description of some concept art for some alien side character that might be in the movie. And then I scroll down the page and it's like 20 paragraphs or something. I'm like, you know what? I can wait till I see it in the movie. So, uh, Tim, why don't you go ahead and, uh, run this down for us and, uh, tell us if there's anything interesting in here. Yeah. That's why I'm here. Cause I read all this stuff. <laughs> so this was regarding, a new possible blue alien sidekick is going to be in the Force Awakens, and we've heard the stories and description about this alien before. It's the rumored of uh, a character Lupita Nyong'o is going to be playing, and we know that there's uh, concept art and rumors about them being two of these alien species: one who's older, and then one who's a younger female uh, version of the species. And 
in this article, it gives some more descriptions of what the alien is going to be looking like and actually what kind of clothes she's going to be wearing. It's like kind of described having a more Asian feel, like she's wearing a kimono in one of them. But the thing that really got me in this article was that this is the first time where I've read where it looks like this alien character is going to be like the new alien sidekick for the whole movie, kind of like the new Chewie, the new Jar Jar of the sequel trilogy. And that was something. Let's just I heard. stick with the new Chewie. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's true because Jar Jar didn't really play a factor in episodes two or three, so good point. Yeah, um, that's true. Although he was CGI and Chewie wasn't, but yeah, <laughs> there you go. Two distinct differences, important ones too. But yeah, this is, it looks like um, this character, this, her code name is being uh, referred to as Rose. Is that she's going to travel with the main characters like Finn, Ray, BB-8, and she's going to go with them on their travels to different planets wherever their adventure takes them and that kind of not necessarily took me by surprise but i guess um it was something i should have expected but didn't because like we said star wars always has those type of alien characters who are there for the journey with our main heroes and it would make sense for uh the force awakens to have that too and we'll see if she continues on till episodes eight and nine but yeah when i first read that i was like huh how come I didn't really think of that before? <laughs> it makes perfect sense. Because I believe he said in this article, it described that she's there in when uh, they meet these two alien characters for the first time on an exotic planet that's supposed to be like either a cantina or just a play, like a restaurant or a shop where they meet them for the first time. And then she travels with them after uh, they get sent on the way and they go to that concept art where we see that temple where we see Ray being kind of embraced by that mass figure. So they said the alien character is there too. So just uh, new stuff come to light with this new alien character where how big of a role she's going to play in the movie. And I was saying too where I kind of didn't think that Lupina Nyong'o would be playing just a minor like role as an alien character in like a canteen or something, someone who serves drinks. But if she's going to be a main character who travels with all the other heroes, then that's something I can definitely see as kind of have a, a bigger role. So that's kind of the main thing I took from this uh, write-up. And like I said, it has more descriptions of what the alien characters look like and their uh, clothes she might be wearing. But just the fact that it looks like she's going to have a bigger role than I originally thought, that's something that kind of caught me by surprise a little bit when it probably shouldn't. So look out. We could be having the next new Jar Jar in Episode 7. <laughs> I doubt that. Uh, just had to get that in there. <laughs> I mean, Jar Jar. <laughs> you, you don't cast an Oscar-winning actress to play the next Jar Jar Binks. But... Um, I don't know. We we can certainly hope not. Not that I'm one of the people that totally hates Jar Jar, but and I'm hoping that they just stay away from any sort of characters that cause that and cause that much controversy in the new trilogy. Because I mean, even for people out there who like Jar Jar, like you can't deny that a lot of people hate him, and a lot of people would like the prequels more if he weren't in them. Whether that's a fair criticism or not, but. Um, you know, I, I just, uh, I mean, as someone who loves Star Wars as much as I do, I want everybody else to love Star Wars. And when the new movie comes out, hopefully, you know, if the story is really awesome and there's awesome battles and lightsaber fights and all that kind of stuff, but then there's like this one annoying alien character and a big group of people don't like the movie just because of that one character, I'm going to be like, come on, guys, can't we just like all the cool stuff in the movie? And yeah. so I'm like, Let, let's just stay away from being that divisive again. Yeah, it's funny, even in the Making Star Wars uh, .net article, he, he closes it out by saying he's curious to see how her voice is going to be. If it's because the, the descriptions, it looks like the characters have a big, strong Asian influence. And just wondering if they're going to use that, like, have a 
uh, Asian voice to kind of go along with it. And he brought up the Nimordians, how that caused controversy too. So just kind of curious to see like if they're going to go that same route with what they did for the episode one aliens, but kind of a feeling not, it'd probably be something more just probably her own voice that they'll use and not try to make her do an accent. So yeah, it should be interesting nonetheless though. But like I said, the big thing I took from it, just how big of a role this character might have instead of just playing a minor role in one sequence in the movie at a cantina bar or something. So should be cool. That's what I think about. It. It's like, yeah, you can't have Star Wars without a new alien character to tag along for the journey. That just it's almost standard for Star Wars. It has to be done. So looks like uh, this character Rose, until we get her official name revealed, is going to be that new alien sidekick character. Yeah, and you know what? Here's my mini tangent for the week. I mean, you were talking about the thing with Episode One and the Nemoidians and people thinking the Asian voices were racist and stuff like that. I'm like, come on, guys! It's a galaxy with tons of different alien races. They're not all going to sound the same. They got to sound, you know, each of them is going to have different voices. And so it kind of makes sense to give them all different recognizably ethnic voices from, you know, our different cultures and stuff like that. And sure, the Neumoidians aren't, uh, you know, the the most uh, likable, upstanding characters, I guess. And so people could be like, oh, well, they're kind of, you know, slimy and you know, unlikable characters. And so you gave them Asian voices. And so that means you're racist against Asians. Well, he had to give them somebody's voice. And, you know, people say Jar Jar is like a racist caricature of black people. I think that's ridiculous because, you know, I watch that and don't think like, I'm like, I don't see anything there that's offensive to me. And yet there's white people saying he's racist to black people. And yeah, I don't know. It's all ridiculous. And you know what? If they took all those characters and made them all sound like white Americans, people would be saying it was racist too. So you just can't please people sometimes. But I'm like, yeah, they're they're alien characters. They're going to have different voices. It's fiction. Ease up, people. Yeah, we just seen a Star Wars movie. That's not the type of thing you want to get hung up on, really. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, those, those type of things. I don't. I never noticed until I would like read stuff online and yeah. you know, see people's opinions about that, and I'm like, I never even really thought about that. And now that you mention it, like, I guess I could kind of see that from a certain point of view, but I don't agree with it. There was a good accent right there. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this about the Nimodians, though. Their lip syncing could have been a little better. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, that's what happens. But, I mean, they they were doing, uh, you know, practical props and actual masks where the lips, like, moved and stuff. And so it's like you had English words coming out of them and their mouths just kind of going. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that would have been a good voice for them. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Okay. Anyway, so back on track. Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. So, uh, there was uh, an interview that Andy Serkis did, uh, with entertainment weekly. Um, and of course this was, uh, sort of in preparation for the final Hobbit movie. Um, even though Gollum wasn't in it, sadly. And of course I knew he wasn't going to be in it, but, um, I love Gollum. He might be my favorite character in, I don't know if I'd say he's my favorite character in Lord of the Rings. Aragorn's my favorite character. But in the first Hobbit movie, the scene with Bilbo and Gollum in the cave is definitely my favorite scene. And second rant. Okay. Um, (laughs) We can go a lot longer on that if you want. Oh, we could go forever. We could do, maybe we should just, like, on slow news weeks or something, maybe we should start doing, you know, side episodes on, uh, 
you know, we'll do a Hobbit episode or Lord of the Rings or Mass Effect, or we could do a whole yeah. baseball <laughs> podcast. I don't know. Um, It'll make the time go by fast as we wait for episode seven, too. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, so Andy Serkis was doing this interview for Entertainment Weekly. Um, of course, they asked him some stuff about Star Wars. Um, and so he answered 10 questions about the uh, the Force Awakens trailer, his role in the movie, all that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, so five sort of excerpts from it here. Um, his, his voice was unaltered for the trailer, um, and it had been previously confirmed that he was the one doing the voice for the trailer that says, uh, you know, what does he say? Like, something has awakened, or there's been an awakening, can you feel, you know, the dark side and the light? That's his voice, um, and it's not, he says there's no digital manipulation, that's just me, which is pretty impressive, because, yeah. I mean, on the one hand, this is the guy who does the voice of Gollum, and Caesar, and Planet of the Apes, and so I, I shouldn't be surprised that he's, you know, the master of, uh, you know, disguising his voice and doing different voices and stuff, but at the same time, you would have thought there had been some kind of added bass or sort of gravelly effect added to it. Um, I'm not saying I thought it was like totally digitally processed or anything, but I thought they did a little bit to it. Kind of like, um, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch doing the voice of Smaug in The Hobbit. Um, it's like he does a fantastic job with that vocal performance. And at the same time, you can tell it's not 100% his voice. Like they had to make that more sort of deep and gravelly and bassy to make it sound like a dragon. I think if I read another interview and find out that that's 100% his voice with no digital manipulation, I'll be really impressed. But yeah, if you watch um, the special features, they do say they did a little audio tricking to it. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're right. And so I thought, I figured they kind of did the same thing here, but um, no, that's just Andy Serkis being his normal, amazing self. Yeah, I mean, it's some. I think a lot of people assume where it was. Yeah, it's his voice, but it's, there's a little digital effect going on there to make it sound more deep and ominous. But nope, that's him. And like you said, you shouldn't be too surprised if that's the case. But the one line that um, got me that is one of the questions he answered, like where this made me go, oh, really? Whereas where they asked him, uh, the character has seen some harsh action in the galaxy over the years. And, of course, he tried to be coy and couldn't answer. He goes, I have to be very careful what I say. But I will say he's been through some stuff. He's been through some stuff. I mean, sounds That's like- it. He's playing Captain Rex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I, I'm not going to – well, I could start the rumor just for fun to see yeah, why not? if it spreads at all. But, no, I'm not uh, sticking by that one at all. And it just makes you think. I mean, we've heard rumors before that the main villain might be someone who's ancient, an ancient Sith Lord, and there's all the hope for Darth Plagueis or possibly Darth Bane. And I would think it'd be safe to say Darth Plagueis and Darth Bane have been through some stuff. So, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> kind of especially makes... if either of them are still alive. Yeah, and especially Plagueis. I mean, he's setting up training Palpatine and then being killed by your apprentice or maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. But this makes when he says that this kind of makes me think that his character is, might be someone who may be leading to the rumors of like the main like villain, the puppet master behind it all, who we're going to see throughout the sequel trilogy. So that one uh, sentence he said, he's been through some stuff really got me intrigued. Yeah, that was definitely an interesting one. He also sort of addressed this rumor that, uh, I mean, there'd been a rumor going around that he might be playing multiple parts in the movie, that he might be playing a CGI character and a live action character or something like that. Um, he says, that's not true at all. I can say I only play one character. Uh, they also asked him um, 
if we'll actually see him on screen or if his character will be rendered through uh, performance capture. He says, I can't say a, thing, a single thing about that. Uh, these things will all come out in the fullness of time. Um, and then something else that we had heard recently, I think regarding uh, you know the, the CGI alien sidekicks and this character of Rose that you were just talking about and this... Uh, you know, exotic planet or whatever that they're on. Uh, it says, will Service's character lead a group of unbelievably athletic and acrobatic motion capture actors? Um, and uh, it got a big laugh out of him. And he says, uh, I'm not leading a band of gymnasts or acrobats. So, um, yeah, I'm not even sure where that rumor came from. But, uh, no, that's one thing we can put to rest. Or that at least if there is some sort of band of gymnasts or acrobats, he's not leading yeah. <laughs> the, what, the good part about this interview was that he debunked quite a few rumors or questions that everyone has been wondering about his character. He didn't reveal everything, but I mean, we're all wondering, like, is he going to be playing more than one character? Is he going to be playing a CG and normal character? And then the, the thing about, uh, like I said, the voice that was some people were wondering about. And then as far as, um, I guess, yeah, that rumor was... I've heard it vaguely before, but it's kind of something I got forgotten, so it wasn't really a big thing, but he put that to bed, too. So he did a lot of debunking, which was nice for his, the role that he's going to be playing, but yet at the same time, still leaving it a big mystery to far as who he's playing. Yeah, and you know, speaking of that, too, um, there was an interview that Oscar Isaac did recently, and I know we, you know, we didn't mention this uh, on here, sort of on our, our list of stuff to go down for this episode, but... Um, I mean, you know, he, he's been doing quite a few interviews that I've seen since the trailer came out and since, you know, it was sort of officially revealed that he's going to be an X-Wing pilot and he can talk a little bit more about his role and stuff. But uh, in one specific interview that I saw with him, um, they were talking about the some of the spoilers and the leaks and stuff and, uh, you know, the, the leaked concept art and all that kind of stuff. And he was saying, like, on the one hand, he was disappointed that some of this stuff was coming out and that people were sort of getting a first glimpse of it before they were supposed to, or before they see it in the finished movie or whatever. Um, but then he also said that some of the story and plot rumors that people have, uh, sort of surmised from these things and that have sort of taken on lives of their own, that some of them are just completely untrue and couldn't be further from the truth. And so, um, I think what Andy Serkis says here backs that up. It's like you hear a rumor that, uh, you know, he might be leading some CGI character that's leading a bunch of acrobatic or athletic characters or something. And it's like, oh, well, we heard another rumor from that same source that happened to be true when the the concept art got leaked. So now this rumor is probably true, too. And he's like, uh, no, that's that's not true. So, um you know, good to know that there's still lots of surprises left to be seen and uh, that, you know, not all these rumors nowadays are believable. Um, and, uh, you know, as always, take all this stuff with a grain of salt. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I can't wait to, to see this on the big screen for the first time and be totally surprised by a lot of stuff. And, I mean, I, I will be thrilled and incredibly amused if the plot of the movie turns out to be, you know, hopefully really cool and obviously, but, um, you know, something totally different from any of the rumors we had heard. Yeah, I see. I, that would be like, if it does end up being great, cool. That'd be good. But I'm a lot of the rumor stuff we've been hearing is like, I really like this stuff. So <laughs> some of it, I've got to hope it really does pan out. And I know with Oscar Isaac, he was saying how pretty much everything has been false and completely untrue. It's probably not necessarily the case. Like we've seen stuff already that's been proven in the trailer. Like 
John Boyega being a stormtrooper and uh, uh, I mean the big detail as far as like who's like related to who's still kept secret and we don't know for sure but some of the stuff has pounded out already so and like I said some of the stuff especially regarding Luke Skywalker that stuff I'm really hoping ends up being true so uh, like I said when we're sitting in the theater there are going to be certain things it's probably my own fault but that I will be hoping to see and if it's not there, maybe it'll exceed my expectations with something different. It'll be better than what I was expecting. Or it could not be. And again, it'd be my fault if I end up being a little disappointed where it was stuff that I was expecting and excited from the rumors I've heard and end up being true, not true. So uh, if that does happen, it might be something where, yeah, I, I kind of like what the rumors were going on, but it didn't pan out. But as probably as I see it more, it just becomes more ingrained with the other Star Wars movies. As it just becomes part of the Star Wars saga, is something that I've seen numerous of times. I'll get over it pretty quickly and accept it as that's the story they were telling. So, yeah, we're still in that strange period as we're waiting for the release of the movie as far as where your expectations should be as far as what to expect from the story point. So still, we've still got a long way to go, that's for sure. Yeah, and, you know, I think I might feel that same way a little bit in the sense that like leading up to the movie, um, you know, I might have certain expectations or things. And like you said, some of the rumors that we've heard, I, I do kind of like and hope that they might kind of pan out to be true. Um, but once I'm sitting in my seat in the theater and that title crawl goes up for me, all that stuff's going to go out the window and I'm just going to be like, okay, JJ, take me on a ride. <laughs> um, and I don't care if this matches up to any of the previous rumors or anything like that. Just, show me some good star wars yeah yeah like if they do match up with the rumors that you like that'll be an added bonus <laughs> for your enjoyment it's like oh cool i ended up being true and i like that one yeah and if they don't then i'll be surprised which will yeah. also be an added bonus unless you don't like it as much <laughs> well yeah i mean i don't want to be surprised and disappointed but um i'll be disappointed if the entire movie goes exactly according to every rumor we'd heard already and i'm like man i already knew everything about it yeah like i always say that's gonna be the hard part i think it closes to the movies released staying away from the details that you know are more than likely going to be true once like you're two months out and people are seeing it and all that stuff like uh gotta stay away yeah well yeah that's the stuff i'm going to be staying far away from <laughs> far far away from yes <laughs> gotta have that extra far in there yep um, but yeah, speaking of uh, acrobatic and gymnastic characters, uh, we know Andy Serkis isn't going to be involved in that, but um, we did have sort of an unofficial confirmation, I guess, um, that uh, I, I guess this uh, article appeared on Twitch Film that uh, they sort of caught wind of uh, the casting of three actors in Star Wars Episode Seven from uh, the series of movies called The Raid. And Tim, I don't know, have you ever seen these movies before? I have not seen them, but once I heard about this casting, I saw some of the YouTube clips that they posted on there. And man, <laughs> if it's, I think it's probably safe to assume we're not going to get fight scenes exactly like that in the Star Wars movies because they're pretty brutal and violent. But if we get some of the choreography that these actors did in that movie, it's going to be some pretty cool stuff. I got pretty excited when I saw some of the uh, clips from those movies. Yeah, okay. I mean, I haven't seen them either, but I know, I think I've heard of them and I know um, just, yeah, like you said. Always from, a good thing about the raid as far as like action sequences and fight choreography. And yeah, from yeah. what I've up to it. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say too, is just uh, ever since this announcement came out, um, I've been hearing a lot of people being excited about it that, uh, you know, saying that these films have really awesome fight scenes and these, that these guys are really good uh, you know, stunt choreographers and martial artists and stuff like that. Um, so anyway, yeah, so three actors from 
this movie have supposedly been cast in episode seven. Um, you know, obviously no confirmation on that from Lucasfilm, but, um, you know, these actors are, uh, let's see if I can find the names here. Um, Iko Uias, um, I'm probably going to like totally butcher these names, uh, <laughs> Yahan Ruhian and Sesep Arif Rahman. Um, yeah, three guys that were all in this movie, in those movies. And apparently, yeah, they're all, uh, really good with like martial arts and sword fighting and stunts and all that kind of stuff. So, um, I've seen a lot of people being really excited about this saying that, uh, you know, maybe these guys are going to play either Jedi or Sith or assassins or something like that. Um, and, uh, of course, along with, uh, the casting we heard a while ago about, uh, Pip Anderson, who's like a stunt actor and uh, parkour expert and all that kind of stuff. Uh, seems like we're definitely going to have, uh, some, you know, some sort of sort of acrobatic fighting type characters in this movie. So, um, whether they're all going to be Jedi or Sith engaged in lightsaber battles or whether they're going to be. I don't know, some kind of Star Wars ninjas or, you know, some sort of rogue assassins or whatever. Um, seems like this is uh, definitely something, it definitely has the potential to lead towards something cool. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that is uh, still pretty shrouded in mystery at this point, obviously. Um, we haven't heard a whole lot of rumors about whole groups of Jedi or Sith or anything like that battling it out in this movie, but um, it, it would definitely be cool to see uh, anything on the martial arts choreography scale of like duel of the fates or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, like if they could take that up to 11, <laughs> we're going to be seeing some pretty cool fight sequences. Yeah. The only thing I'm hoping for is that, uh, these actors, they're not going to be going up against stormtroopers and just mopping the floor with them. <laughs> <where they're laughs> I like to see them go against, hopefully their force users, or maybe they're, uh, a new alien species who are fighting force users, maybe either the Jedi or some of the Sith followers. Again, yeah, that'd be a cool fight sequence with that because the clip I saw of so the two actors who were in there, they had this, it was, I think, in the raid too. It was like, they're like fighting in this kitchen and they were doing some awesome like fight choreography and like counter moves against each other with these different knife weapons. So, yeah, it was pretty cool to see. So, just as you're watching, this makes you think, man, how is this going to apply in the Star Wars universe? <laughs> so, I just really can't wait to see what it delivers from. Uh, the fight choreography that they're known for should be pretty darn cool. And watch, we all get excited about a big lightsaber fight, and it turns out that they just play like the next version of the Cantina band. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> watch the way they flip their instruments and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or they're like street performers, and they just do like ac acrobatic moves or something, <laughs> like in the a Younglings arc episode, that traveling circus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. No, I'm sure they'll probably have some sort of action stunt choreography related role in the movie but at the same time i mean i don't want to get my hopes up too high so yeah um, it could be yeah, something very short too like a real short sequence yeah yeah i mean obviously they're not going to be playing any main characters or we would have heard about this casting a long time ago so exactly um just gotta wait and see and uh you know hope this turns out to be something cool um so, uh, sort of close to wrapping up the episode seven stuff here, but, um, one other sort of unofficially, officially confirmed thing. Um, and this is from uh, stitchkingdom.com, which I guess tracks a lot of Disney related stuff. Um, and they have been following like some, uh, some trademarks that Lucasfilm has been registering. Um, and of course we, this was like right after we got the names revealed for the characters of, uh, you know, Kylo Ren and Poe Dameron and Finn and Ray and all those guys. Um, and then they said, uh, that 
they were looking through some trademarks that Lucasfilm film registered. And there was also a trademark for a captain phasma, um, that, you know, obviously we haven't heard anything about yet, but, uh, that possibly this could be the name of a new character for episode seven because it's a name and it's trademarked. And it seems like it could go with some sort of Imperial officer or maybe, the uh, the Chrome Stormtrooper commander that we think Gwendolyn Christie might be playing, but um, I mean, really, just because they trademark a name, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's a character in the movie. It could be the main character of the other Star Wars video game that's in development that we haven't really heard anything about yet. Uh, it could be something in a book or a new series or whatever, but um, yeah, or or it could be just a name that they're thinking about using that they trademarked because they don't want anyone else to take it, and it might not even be anything official yet. But um, I don't know, something to think about, something to chew on. Uh, you know, could be the name of a new uh, villain or hero, I guess, in Episode Seven. You know, this could be uh, I don't know another rebel fighter pilot or something like that. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Not a whole lot to go on there, but uh, I don't know, Tim, anything stand out to you there? It's going to be the descendant of Captain Panaka. That's what it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I will say that kind of hoping it's not uh, Gwendolyn Christie's character or if she is a chrome trooper. I hope that's not her name because I'm not a big fan of Captain Phasma. <laughs> it just sounds a little too a little cheesy to me, I guess you could say. It just doesn't fit with the other names you already got with like Kylo Ren, Poe Dameron, Rey, and Finn. Those I could see in the Star Wars universe. They're Star Wars names to me. But Captain Phasma, nah, I'm not buying it. <laughs> I mean, even in this article, I think it's like the only previous like mention this name had was in like a, an extensive fan fiction called Tarkin's Fist. Yeah, that's something I could see the name Captain Phasma be in in fan fiction, but it necessarily doesn't sit well with me as far as being an actual character in the Star Wars universe's name. So I'm kind of leaning towards that it's for something else, not necessarily for Episode Seven. Yeah, well, you know, that's kind of how I felt at first, too. I was like, eh, I'm not really feeling it. Um, and then the more times I've heard it, I'm like, eh, you know, it's kind of – I'm getting used to it a little bit. I guess I could kind of take it or leave it at this point, so – if it does turn out to be the name of, uh, you know, that Chrome Stormtrooper commander or any other character in the movie, I'm not going to be super excited. I'm not going to be super disappointed. It kind of is what it is. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, obviously that character's uh, role in the story and their look and design and all that kind of stuff is going to um, have a, a big impact on my opinion of them and not just the name. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see yeah. how it plays out. But obviously, I mean, if they're registering a trademark for this name, uh, you would think it's going to be a character of some significance in something. So, um, you know, I, I wouldn't think it would be too minor of a role. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. If the character is uh, is cool and we like him or her a lot, it's doesn't, the name's not going to be that big of a deal. We can live with it. But just when you hear it for the first time, you don't know where it's attached to or associated with. It just Yeah, it just doesn't sound too good. <laughs> or it doesn't sound Star Wars to me. But yeah, we'll see how it, if it ends up, where it ends up being <laughs> in the end of... Uh, what, what if, I keep thinking it's going to be episode 7, but like you said, what if it's something else, a game or some other uh, media of the new characters we're going to see. So yeah, we'll see, but still not a fan <laughs> for now. Not a yeah. fan of Phasma. <laughs> <laughs> well, we shall see how that plays out. Um, and then, uh, let's see. Oh, so we've got kind of a new image of the Millennium Falcon, I guess. Um, 
and this is from Fortune magazine where uh, they did this big interview with Bob Iger about his, uh, you know, the, the whole business side of Disney and Lucasfilm and Marvel and all this big stuff that uh, he's got going on. Um, but for the main cover of the that issue of the magazine and then for uh, kind of the, the big picture, the headline of that article, um, ILM actually did some different uh, renderings and stuff of Millennium Falcon images. And so that looks kind of cool. Um, I'm sure a lot of you have probably seen this by now because this was going around a lot on Twitter and on different websites and stuff. Um, you can check that out on uh, our Twitter page if you haven't seen it yet. Not a whole lot of new stuff to go on here. I mean, we don't get any new information about the movie or anything like that, but uh, still a pretty cool-looking uh, new shot of the Falcon. So, um, Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's nothing new, but at the same time, it's the Falcon. It still looks yeah, cool. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, that, that's pretty much all there is to say about it, unless you wanted to say anything more about it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it would have been cool if we got an interior shot of it, see if anything looks different in there. But yeah, yeah see, there we go. Stuff. What, what does the Dejeric table look like 30 years later? Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, I think it kind of looks the same because we saw that in one of JJ's tweets. Yeah. Unless his note that he wrote on there was covering something new, but <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. It just got some new uh, character pieces that I guess. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say Han downloaded the expansion pack with yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, 20 new monsters. <laughs> 30 years later, he has like, there's like a hundred monsters that he's collected. <laughs> he's going to catch them all. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Star Wars version of Pokemon. Yeah. Whoever thought we'd be making Pokemon references on the show. There's on. a spinoff movie right there. <laughs> <laughs> wow. See, why, why aren't we working out Lucasfilm with our great ideas? <laughs> what? Wicked is evolving. Wicked evolved into Chewbacca. <laughs> Oh, I can't wait to see what Jar Jar's uh, level of uh, evolution is going to be. Oh, Boss Nass. <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, those Pokemon have three levels of evolution, so they could look different on the last one. <laughs> We're yeah. going way off track with Pokemon right now. We're getting way too off track. Um, okay, so last Star Wars Episode Seven thing for the week. Um, uh, I guess this started over at uh, Rebel Scum, and this was just pretty recent. This was like yesterday, I think. Um, they got a hold of a list of, um, I guess kind of a list of Star Wars Episode Seven toys that Hasbro is planning, planning on releasing later this year. But it's not like every individual toy, so they don't list like every character that's coming out with an action figure, for example. But it's just kind of all the different waves and series of stuff. Um, and holy crap. I mean, <laughs> we knew there was going to be a big marketing push for this movie, that Disney wants to make a lot of money off of it, that there's going to be tons of toys and all that kind of stuff. But this is like borderline ridiculous. Like when you go to Target or Toys R Us or Walmart or whatever <clears throat> this coming November or December, they might have like a whole Star Wars aisle for all this stuff. Um <laughs> So so, hang on. I'm just going to read this whole list of stuff here, um, and uh, you, you might want to like grab some popcorn or something because this is going to be a while. So Time we've <laughs> we've got Star Wars Seven three and three quarter inch figure assortment, uh, pretty standard. We've got the three and three quarter inch in armor figure assortment. So armored variants of the characters we would assume you know that might be where we see finn in the stormtrooper armor maybe han in stormtrooper armor if you believe some of the the other concept art descriptions we've heard before where it seems like han might be getting back in the stormtrooper disguise um 
So obviously seems like there'll be some some armored variants of some of the characters. Either that or armor figure assortment could mean like armored vehicles that go with the three and three quarter inch figures. But um, I don't know, just from the sound of it, it seems to me like it might be, uh, you know, variants of the figures with some sort of armor. Yeah, it sounds like um, gear is going to be in those packaging, <laughs> detachable gears that they'll yeah. figure they'll have. Yeah, and then we've got uh, Star Wars 7 figure 2 pack assortment. We've got figures snow and desert. Uh, so now we're going to have yet more variants of the characters with, uh, you know, cold weather gear or, uh, you know, desert gear uh, kind of variations, which is interesting because we know that the movie's going to take place on Tatooine. We've heard rumors that they were filming in, uh, where was it, like in Iceland or Finland or somewhere where there was snow and we thought it might be Hoth or something like that. Um, but this seems to kind of confirm for the first time that there might actually be a snow planet or something in there. Although, well, we did in, see the trailer. Yeah, I was going to say, in the trailer, you see Kylo Ren, you know, walking down a snowy mountain, but I, I didn't really get the the sense that that was like a snow planet. Um, I mean, that's what the East coast looks like right now, probably. (laughs) Um, And, you know, Kylo Ren doesn't look really look like he's any, in any sort of special cold weather gear or something, but maybe some of the other, other characters will be. Um, Anyway, so we've got that. We've got the star Wars seven hero series, deluxe figure assortment. Um, I'm guessing these are going to be sort of like the, bigger action figures kind of geared more at younger kids, kind of like the 12 inch versions of like Kanan and Ezra and the Inquisitor that they've got out right now. Um, Oh, so we've got the, the hero series deluxe figure assortment and then this hero series figure assortment. So, uh, not really sure what the difference there is going to be, except that one of them is deluxe. So maybe they're bigger, maybe they come with more stuff. I don't know. Um, so that's just the the basic Star Wars Episode Seven figures. Uh, don't go anywhere. We're like ten percent done with the list. <laughs> um, so then we've got Star Wars Seven Class One vehicle assortment, Class One Deluxe vehicle assortment, Class Two vehicle assortment, Class Two Deluxe vehicle assortment, uh, Star Wars Seven Starfighter vehicle, Star Wars Seven Three and Three Quarter Inch in Hero vehicle. Um, oh, so maybe like. Oh, like a three and three quarter inch action figure that comes in a hero vehicle, maybe. So that might be like Poe Dameron's X-Wing with Poe Dameron as opposed to just a regular X-Wing. Um, one of those lame toys where like the figure is like part of the ship. It's like one figure. Like I hope not. <laughs> that would be lame. Uh, yeah, I mean, the fact that they specify three and three quarter inch, you would hope that you could detach that three and three quarter inch figure from the vehicle. Um. Star Wars 7 Hero Series Vehicle Assortment. Uh, Star Wars 7 The Black Series 6-inch Starfighter. Now, that's cool. Um, The only Star Wars figures I've bought recently have been from the Black Series line. And uh, if they made some Starfighters for those, I don't know where I would put a Starfighter that size. um, Because I don't have a whole lot of room for it at the moment. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if they made an X-Wing or a Jedi Starfighter or something to go with the the Black Series 6-inch line, that would be pretty cool. And don't think for a second that all of these are just going to be Star Wars Episode Seven. Uh, type stuff because you know like that's going to be what's on the packaging that's going to be sort of the the main headline of the you know the branding and the marketing and everything for all of it but you know along with all the new x-wings and tie fighters and you know episode seven uh designs and stuff that they're 
going to be putting out with all these vehicles and action figures and stuff, you know they're still going to sneak in like a Jedi Starfighter or a Clone Trooper or an original trilogy Stormtrooper along with all these <laughs> figures too. Um, okay, so that's the end of the second section and there's like, I don't know, five more sections to go here. So then we've got the Star Wars 7 Micro Machine 3-pack assortment, the Micro Machine Deluxe Vehicle assortment, the Micro Machine Blind Bags assortment, the Micro Machine Battle Set, the Micro Machine Figure Multi-pack, the Micro Machine Vehicle Set, the Micro Machine Remote Control Vehicle, the Micro Machine Villain Flagship Batteries Not Included. Ask your parents' permission before going online. Pieces may <laughs> choke babies. I don't know. Whoa. Holy crap, this is a lot of stuff. Um... Come on, keep going. You're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Uh, Star Wars 7, the Black Series diecast vehicle single. Star Wars, the Black Series diecast vehicle multi-pack. Star Wars 7, remote control droid. Cool, we're going to get a little remote control BB-8 to roll around the house. Um, if you didn't know that was coming in time for Christmas, <laughs> now you know. But you should have seen that one coming. Um, Star Wars 7, Hero Mashers basic figures assortment. Star Wars 7, Hero Mashers deluxe figures assortment. Hero Mashers multi-pack. Hero Mashers battle pack. Hero Mashers attack vehicle. Um, so it seems like that's about it for all the action figures. But wait, now we've got the lightsabers. Uh, Star Wars 7, signature lightsaber. Deluxe villain lightsaber. Electronic lightsaber assortment. Extendable lightsaber assortment. Villain extendable lightsaber. Foam lightsaber assortment. <laughs> Force FX lightsaber. Force FX lightsaber assortment. The Black Series villain helmet. Mask assortment, Chewbacca electronic mask, lead villain electronic mask, Darth Vader voice changing mask. Um, I need some oxygen here, Tim. You're so close to the finish line. Four more to go. You could do it. Nerf Star Wars 7 villain trooper blaster 1. Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. Um, (laughs) Nerf Star Wars 7 villain trooper blaster 2. Nerf Star Wars 7 Alien Blaster and Nerf Star Wars 7 Ammo Refill. You did it. And (laughs) there you go. Uh, Can anybody feel that hole burning through their wallet yet? Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say, anyone who's going to get all this stuff, we're going to be broke. (laughs) Foam lightsabers? Really? Oh, man. Well, How many kids to have them who don't want to hurt themselves? I, I take it back. We're not going to need a whole Star Wars aisle at Toys R Us. We're going to need a whole aisle just for lightsabers <laughs> and then a whole separate aisle just for action figures. And we need a Star Wars store. That's what we're going to need. There we go. <laughs> Let's just call it the Jawa Trader, just like they used to in the old Star Wars Insider issues. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's a lot of stuff, though. <laughs> that is a ton of stuff. Um, and, and kind of like I pointed out the, of this whole long list, really the only two things that kind of stuck out to me the first time I saw it was the remote control droid. Cause I was like, Oh, that's cool. They're going to have a toy BB eight that kids can you know roll around the house and, uh, you know, adults too. Cause I'm sure everybody's going to be buying this. This will be like the new, uh, the new dancing baby Groot, um, that yeah. everybody wanted a toy up for Christmas this year. Like next year, everybody's going to want a BB eight. Um, and then, uh, just sort of, you know, the, um, those snow and desert figures, uh, which sort of, um, you know, by, by way of having those action figures, it sort of confirms that, oh, in the movie, people are going to be wearing different outfits in snow and desert and stuff like that. So, um, you know, other than that, not really any surprises here aside from the, absolute 
just insane amount of stuff. Um, and although I guess one other thing I was kind of surprised by, they mentioned like the Black Series six inch Starfighter, and I think there are a couple other places. Oh, they say like the Black Series diecast vehicle, which I'm wondering if that's like the the old uh, Star Wars Titanium series, which was like um, you know those small little diecast vehicles, and maybe they're going to sort of bring those back, but under the Black Series banner. Um, and then I actually I th- like the thought the micro machines were listed in here because I remember when the back like the special editions time I got a bunch of the micro machine vehicles. I just loved how detailed they were and come with the little figures. And I always play with those more than I actually would with the uh, normal size ships that you put the action figures in. So it's cool to see that we're doing the same thing for the Force Awakens with micro machines. I mean, if they have some more cool ships, it'd be cool to add them to my collection with my other ones. Yeah, and actually, I just remember when the Phantom Menace came out, I got a bunch of like the the little micro machines pod racers that like had wheels on the bottom, and I would roll like rolls around my floor mm-hmm. and have pod races with like the. I, I probably had you know half a dozen of those or something, yeah. but. Um, so that's kind of cool. But, I mean, like I was saying about the Black Series stuff, like it's mentioned in a couple places here, but I don't actually see, uh, you know, Black Series six-inch figure assortment or something like that. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they forgot to include that on the list. Maybe the Black Series is still going to be its own separate thing aside from just all the the stuff sort of in the Episode Seven category. Um and I mean, can you imagine that? Like, if all of this is just the episode seven stuff, and then you know you, you go to Toys R Us or whatever, you see this stuff taking up a whole freaking aisle, and then the next aisle over, you still got the Black Series figures and your Star Wars Rebels yeah, and man. all that <laughs> so you, kind of stuff. You um, need that store. <laughs> you need the Star Wars store. Yeah. I don't know. You know what? Maybe Hasbro listened to our last episode with Mike where we were all kind of like bashing on Hasbro for not making enough Star Wars action yeah. figures. And they're like, you know what, guys? Fine. We're going to make Star Wars everything. Yeah, you want to spend your money? Spend it all on this stuff. <laughs> we'll give you plenty of stuff to choose from. Oh, Even man. foam lightsabers. Yeah, I mean, this is like borderline ridiculous and at the same time i'm like you know what more star wars is never really a bad thing i'm not gonna buy all of this stuff obviously but somebody is yeah and you know there's a hard die hard star wars collector out there who's just probably foaming at the mouth when they saw this list like oh i can't get all this (laughs) stuff (laughs) i'm sure steve sansman would really like this list too (laughs) yeah and then I guess the one other thing to note, too, is the um, – well, OK. For one thing, when they've got the Darth Vader voice changer mask on here, I'm sure somebody's going to see that. And it says Star Wars 7 Darth Vader voice change mask. And they're going to be like, oh, so that means Darth Vader is going to be in Episode 7. No, I highly doubt that. Like I said, it's – you know, just because it's got the Star Wars 7 label on it, they're going to sneak in a bunch of just general Star Wars stuff in that category as well. So – um, um, even though we do see his helmet in the concept art, it probably will be in the movie. Yeah, I, I doubt it's going to be changing anybody's voice in the movie. Let's put it that way. If we <laughs> see it on screen, there better not be anyone in it. Yeah. <laughs> and plus, it looks all like crumbled and like burned out. I wonder if they're going to sell it that way, too. Yeah, that would be kind of weird. Like someone wears a mask, but Darth Vader's mask, it's all like, like some, just burned out and crumbled and just disfigured looking. Yeah, but then also at the bottom it says, uh, I mean, we've got the Villain Trooper Blaster 1, Villain Trooper Blaster 2, and then the Star Wars 7 Alien Blaster, and then just an ammo refill. So I'm like, so they're not 
selling any hero blasters. I was kind of surprised to, you know, that there was no like Han Solo blaster or Finn blaster or anything like that. So maybe that just means all the main characters are going to be Jedi. Yeah. All of them have lightsabers, even Han and Chewie. (laughs) Yeah. In which case Han will not shoot first this time. (laughs) He'll ignite his lightsaber first. (laughs) He got, he wanted to use it more ever since he caught up the tauntaun he's like no it's <laughs> yeah there we cool. go. i need to learn how to use one of these things or maybe han will be a villain trooper ah see now you're just being ridiculous here. <laughs> <laughs> um, i'm gonna use the foam lightsaber <laughs> yeah okay well i'm kind of like exhausted from reading that whole list so why don't you tell us about Aaron Paul being rumored for the Han Solo spinoff movie. Yeah, Aaron Paul's going to be the new Han Solo. You haven't heard? <laughs> <laughs> no, not quite yet. But the spinoff rumors are kind of churning out now where it looks like the, at least the rumor going on now that Han Solo is going to be the main character that the first standalone movie by Gareth Edwards is going to be about. Still not confirmed, of course, but they're kind of saying too in this article where how it's probably going to be about uh, space pirates instead of because there's also the rumor that's gonna be about a group of bounty hunters but it's saying this might be about space pirates and han solo could be among them and it says here that the rumor is aaron paul is up for a role and it doesn't necessarily say han solo but he could be maybe up for a role as maybe one of those in that pirate group we don't know but it's i mean of course you know when rumor goes around everyone's going to be asking the actor about it and i don't think anyone's asked him but he did send a tweet out like kind of addressing it um, I think I have it right here. He's all, I think he just said, like, um, I keep hearing, like, like who's starting these rumors? This is actually making me believe I have a job in 2015. It's very exciting. So <laughs> yeah. he did it like flat out going, no, I'm not in it. And besides, he said 2015. We know the standalone movie's coming out in 2016. So. Well, but they would film it in 2015. Well, there you go, too. Yeah, that's a good point. But, yeah, so I don't know. We'll see if all this stuff pans out. Aaron Paul, I mean, as far as if it is for Han Solo, I it's, I really would have a hard time seeing anyone, <laughs> whoever gets cast, it's going to be hard for me to accept unless Han Solo until I actually see the movie. So I don't want to necessarily get on him as well, like, oh, there's no way he could be like a young Han Solo or whatever, because that's going to be hard for anyone to do. So we'll just have to see how it all plays out. But the more thing I am intrigued about is how if the movie is not necessarily about Han Solo, but him and a group of other like space pirates and smugglers should be interesting, as opposed to what we've heard previously with the bounty hunters. So, I don't know. We should be hearing something soon. You would think, because <laughs> they were going to start filming pretty soon. I this year, so now that we're in 2015. So, the standalone movie is like we've said before in previous episodes. How we're all focused on the Force Awakens in Episode Seven, but now we're in 2015. We're going to be hearing both, and the Force. I mean, the standalone movie sometimes gets pushed aside as we get excited for. The Force Awakens, but we'll be hearing a lot more about that this year, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think I might have heard somewhere that uh, filming is supposed to start in maybe March or something like that. Yeah, that um, seems pretty early. <laughs> I mean, if that's the case, we just start hearing some casting pretty soon, then really soon. Yeah, but I mean, then again, I mean, that's not too far ahead of when. Uh, the Force Awakens started filming. I mean, that started filming in May of 2014 for yeah, I, you know, I just December 2015. So. Huh? I thought it'd be May too. Yeah, because I just assume where Force Awakens filmed in May, 
standalone movie would probably follow suit and film would made too. I just think they would kind of have like a smooth transition and just kind of similar production period. So I'd be surprised if it's actually a little earlier. Yeah, I mean, you would think they might kind of go with that. But then, I mean, I'm sure they've got other movies that want to film at, you know, that same studio at Pinewood. Although, you know, with with the resources that Disney has, they could probably just like buy out that studio for the next 10 years and just make Star Wars (laughs) movies there. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I wouldn't think they would necessarily have to film just in May, especially if they're ready to start production on the movie. It's like, why not start a little bit earlier and uh, sure, give, yeah. give yourself a little bit of time for for post-production and whatnot? Um, because I think, you know, with, with The Force Awakens, we had heard about, uh, you know, some stuff like Michael Arndt leaving and J.J. Abrams and Lawrence Kasdan rewriting the script and all that kind of stuff. And so... Um, I'm sure it might have been a little bit of a tight crunch to to um, you know start filming in May and then uh, you know have it done for uh, December of this year. So um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they want to give themselves a little bit more breathing room, or maybe there's going to be even more like CGI and special effects in the spinoff movie that they're going to need more time in post production for. So I mean, who knows? But I, I don't think they necessarily have to stick to a strict schedule of like every movie starts filming in May. It kind of just depends on. Um, you know, various different things in the production schedule and how things all line up. So, who knows? We'll see. But yeah, obviously, at some point this yeah, we're good. (laughs) Yeah, and at some point this year, you can bet we'll start hearing a lot more stuff about the spinoff film and when that starts filming and everything. Oh yeah, definitely. At least the name (laughs) or plot or this what it's about would be nice. Yeah, unless they try to just like fly under the radar. And uh, you know, distract us with all the episode seven news and stuff, and That's make everybody yeah. forget about the spinoff film. Although, if I were them, I might actually go the other way around and start releasing more news and info about the spinoff film than they have for episode seven to kind of distract everybody from all the leaks and the spoilers and stuff leading up to episode seven's release. Um, you know, so like Good September, October, December of this year, I'd be like, Hey guys, we're making a movie about Boba Fett next year. So get excited about that. And don't go try to find leaked scripts for episode seven yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. That's a good, really good point too. Like, like you said, that might be the smart way to go that to get everyone sidetracked about that. Cause it definitely helped for me. Cause like, let's say like the script leaks, even though I won't read it, but details are going to come out and that's going to be hard to like resist some seen plot details of what's going to happen if they put stuff out for the standalone movie that's official and gets you excited that could be just a distraction i need to stay uh, as spoiler free as i can before the movie comes out yeah yeah you, you guys paying attention over there at lucasfilm wink wink yeah <laughs> see our degeneric table uh movie spinoff and now our marketing <laughs> ideas at high <laughs> oh my gosh Um, Okay, so let's see. Next we've got um, something that I I originally thought was maybe a little bit more interesting than it was. But um, apparently Disney has enlisted this uh, group called Maker Studios to start making um, just some online shorts and web series and stuff like that. Um, Which when I first saw this article, I was thinking like, oh, you know, so maybe we'll start hearing more about um, a, a Star Wars online series like on Netflix or something like that. Like we've, uh, you know, maybe heard some rumors about. But no, this it, it sounds like this is going to be more just um, sort of general Star Wars stuff. Like they'll do uh, little web shorts about 
Star Wars fashion and video games, which means I'm, you know, you can be sure they'll probably do some features on like the 501st and, uh, you know, Star Wars Celebration and all the different fan groups and all that kind of stuff, which is all fine and good. Um, And, you know, it's great for those groups to get more exposure and stuff. But I was like, man, I want new Star Wars story content. So this isn't something I'm like super excited about. And really all this is is just more fodder for the Episode 7 hype machine. Um, (laughs) Disney is just going to be like, you know, guys, look, Star Wars. Remember, there's a new one coming out this year. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Go see it. Pay us money. (laughs) And we'll all follow suit exactly like they want. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm like, okay, guys, we get it. Yes, you can have my money. I will pay you to see this movie like 10 times probably. But um, yeah, but I mean, this is is what it's going to be like all year. I mean – um, you know, more and more of this stuff is going to start coming out and it's just going to be Star Wars, everything, everywhere, all the time. Um, and you know what? I might start getting a little tired of it, just seeing the, the sort of, um, you know, not as exciting stuff. But at the same time, I'm like, like I said earlier, you can never really have too much Star Wars. So, um, yeah, bring it on. We'll get used to it. Exactly. I'm already used to it. (laughs) Well, yeah, I am too. But I mean, it might reach a point this year where it's like, man, I'm not used to this much. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. That's that's one thing I'm really curious to see if, I mean, I feel like it is, if the hype machine is going to get to the levels of episode one. Because that was really crazy, especially as we got closer to the release, like around, ever since we got the second trailer in March and April, like the hype machine was just through the roof. And I kind of have a feeling it's going to be the same, but at the same time too, Episode one was just a movie everybody was pretty much waiting to see. I mean, sure, there was those who can't don't care about Star Wars, but the majority of everyone is like the most anticipated movie ever. And with episode seven, it kind of has its own thing where it's something that we never thought would happen. So that can cause like more like another level of anticipation. Like this is something we never expected. So it's going to be interesting to see. I'm just real curious to see how the hype machine, what level is it going to reach as far as comparing it to episode one? We should find out soon. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, that, that'll definitely be something interesting to see. And uh, like you said, I think the main difference will be that, I mean, people are excited for it. It's new Star Wars, but this isn't a movie that people have been waiting, I don't know, like 15 or 20 years to see. Um, it's been something that nobody really expected, and now we've just been waiting for it for like the past two or three years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean, I, I do think... <laughs> the anticipation levels are still going to be huge. I mean, they're huge right now. And by the time the movie comes out, they'll just be even bigger. Um, and, and it'll be interesting to see like where this ranks in terms of, you know, biggest box office openings and, and box office records and all that kind of stuff. Because I mean, obviously the, the quality of the film itself, you know, the critic reviews and what the fans think of it once it comes out, that's going to, um, you know, that'll be big too, because with the, the hype around the Phantom Menace and, um, you, you know, as much money as that made and everything. I mean, I think I want to say that might've been like the highest, no, it wasn't the highest grossing movie of all time because Titanic came out before that. But, yeah. um, I mean, it's been in like the, you know, top 10 or whatever I think it was the like highest the grossing films when it came out, it was like Titanic, Star Wars, ET, and then Phantom Menace. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, and of course nowadays it seems like you know, one movie every summer, you know, the Avengers or the next Iron Man or Pirates of the Caribbean or whatever always seems to break the top 10 or whatever. Um, But I mean, Phantom Menace made a huge amount of money at the time, even though, 
you know, once word of mouth got around, it was like, oh, it's not as good as we hoped it would be. And there's this Jar Jar guy and, you know, 10-year-old Anakin is kind of annoying. It's like if Phantom Menace had been, you know, just absolutely spectacular, like that could still be the highest grossing movie of all time to this day. And I think Episode 7 has that potential. It's going to have the same amount or, you know, maybe even slightly less uh you know, hype leading up to it because like I said, it's not a movie that people have been anticipating for, for the past 15 or 20 years or whatever. But if it can live up to expectations and people keep going back and seeing it again, because it's as good as they hoped it would be. Um, I mean, Disney's just going to make stupid amounts of money off this thing. Yeah. I mean, just from, I'm mean, going back to the whole hype part before it. I mean, I don't think the like box office receipts and how much money it made really factored into as far as like, the excitement level, I think, for it, because even with any movie, no matter once you see it for the first time, the excitement level is going to kind of go down a little bit. There's nothing quite like the anticipation, like the few days or weeks before the movie's coming out. That's when you're at an all-time high, and then when you see it, you got to uh, take it all in and kind of <laughs> digest what you saw and analyze it and all that stuff. So, yeah, I'm, it's, I'm more concerned about is how like excitement there is leading up to it, like the two weeks before it comes out, and like even I don't think even if reviews come in and maybe they're not that great, like most Star Wars movies never get the greatest reviews. But I don't think because that didn't have like the excitement for Episode One when that came out. I just remember being super excited for it, and other people I knew being still super excited for it. So that's where I'm kind of waiting to see is like when leading up to the Force Awakens, where is that going to compare to Episode One and just the excitement and anticipation for it as we're so close to it because. <laughs> Yeah, those times during episode one, it was pretty crazy, but fun, though. <laughs> so, I don't Oh, think yeah. And, you know, I mean, I would agree, like, even if advanced critic reviews come out beforehand and then, you know, say it's not that great, the fans are still going to want to go see it and uh, judge for themselves. And it's still going to be a huge amount of anticipation. But I'm talking about as ter- in terms of just turning that into results. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, monies don't make movies don't make all their money in the first weekend at the box office. It's like to have staying power and keep making a bunch of money like the all the subsequent subsequent weeks um you know that really well for the most part it usually only ever happens for good movies that people want to keep going back and seeing over and over again and of course i'm not saying the phantom menace wasn't a good movie but obviously we can tell it's not as good of a movie as people hoped it would be and so um yeah that's what i'm saying i mean look they're gonna hype this thing up regardless and it's gonna make a ridiculous amount of money regardless but i i i think it's just uh you know kind of a simple obvious fact that it's gonna make more money if it's good because then yeah sort of once the initial hype dies down and everybody's seen it then you know people are gonna come back to see it again people are gonna tell their friends who are on the fence about it who you know didn't pay attention to all the the previews and commercials and critic reviews and stuff. But it's like, once you have somebody who knows somebody, you know, who's seen it and says it's good, they might finally convince you to go see it and stuff. So, um, yeah, yeah I mean, a star Wars fan, even the ones who don't like it, they're going to see it again. Anyway, go, oh, let me give it another shot to see if I like it or not. Or maybe they'll see even three more times. So like star Wars, diehard star Wars fans, they're going to see it more than once. No doubt. But like you well, said, absolutely. It's those but, 
ones, casual fans who are on the fence about the, the less diehard fans. But also, I mean, if it's not as good as I'm hoping, I might see it like two or three times. And if it's absolutely fantastic and just blows my socks off, I might go see it like five or ten times. So, you know, that's going to make a difference, too. Exactly. Yeah. And then, like you said, what's with the casual fans, too? If it gets the good word of mouth, then, yeah, it's will no doubt make more than it would if without it. So, and like I said before on previous podcasts, I'm really hoping it takes the number one spot over Avatar for the biggest movie ever. We got to get a Star Wars movie back on top since uh, 1997 with A New Hope because it didn't last that long. It was A New Hope, and then in, in January, then in December, it was tired. Or, let's well, see, Titanic didn't break it right away, but still, it was like less, almost less than a year or a year's time where Titanic took over the top spot. So, we need to get a Star Wars movie back on top. That's my hope. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait. So, episode or uh, A New Hope didn't take over the top spot until the special editions came out? Yeah, it passed ET during the special editions. Yeah. Oh, see, I don't know if I knew that. Of course, yeah, I was like shortened. six at the time, so I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, 2.7 billion or whatever Avatar made, like, that's a lot. But if anybody can break that record, Star Wars can, so. Oh, yeah. Especially, like you said, 3D IMAX showings, that will definitely help. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course, because those are, you know, that's 15 bucks as opposed to 10 or whatever you pay for a regular price ticket. Yeah, so that's another incentive for me to definitely make sure I check it out on both formats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I'm going to be, I mean, with as many times as I'm going to see that movie anyways, I'll see it in, like, a bunch of different theaters and formats yeah. and stuff. But Just gives you another reason to go see it. Yeah, but that I mean that'll definitely be something to in, something interesting to watch for at the end of this year when the movie comes out, and then you know in the in the subsequent weeks and um, you know start taking that meter and seeing uh, you know how it's doing compared to other big movies and where it's on track with the money and all that. Yeah, because I mean honestly, yeah. On the one hand, I don't really care how much money it makes because I know it's just going to make a ton, and all I care about is going to see it for myself and whether or not it's good or not. And I hope it is. And, you know, I, I would be disappointed if I was the only one at the theater, but at the same time, if the movie was good, I would walk out happy that I got to see it. But on the other hand, I mean, it is kind of fun to keep track of all these records and be like, ha ha, star Wars beat that movie. And it beat that movie. And yep. uh, <laughs> it's fun know. to brag every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. saying that Your movie's number one. I mean, come on, honestly, how many like, diehard avatar fans are out there <laughs> well like, i wouldn't say i'm a diehard fan but i do really like that movie and i was happy when yeah that i mean like where you can like spot. it more like even on the star wars level avatar hasn't reached that no way and yet it's the biggest movie of all time financially so it'd just be nice to have star wars back on top where it belongs <laughs> yeah well i'm sure disney's trying to get it there oh yeah that's for sure yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess we can wrap up here with a, a couple last things. Um, and we mentioned this earlier back way back at the beginning of the episode, talking about Star Wars Rebels and the Yoda appearance. Um, obviously, this was kind of big news at the time, uh, kind of towards the end of December, um, that Yoda was going to be making an appearance in uh, Star Wars Rebels in the first episode, Path of the Jedi, that uh, started the second half of season one. Um which just aired yesterday and, uh, you know, we saw it like a week before that online on the Disney XD app and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, so I mean, at the time I actually kind of tried to stay away from this. I didn't watch any of the preview clips or anything. And I was a little bit disappointed that this got released ahead of time. Cause it, I mean, I've talked about this before, how on Clone Wars and stuff when they'd have, 
uh, you know, guest cameos by like Qui-Gon or some other characters. Um, I was like, man, I wish they had just kept that a surprise or like Chewie in, uh, at the end of season three, I was like, man, I wish they would have just kept that a surprise and I would have been, uh, just so thrilled and surprised to see these characters show up in here. And so I kind of felt the same at first when I heard that Yoda was going to be in it. Um, but then when I actually saw the episode, I was like, oh, okay, well, this one I can kind of understand a little bit more because this isn't just some short little cameo scene. I mean, Yoda's in the whole like second half of the episode almost, um, even though he doesn't actually appear physically on screen, but it's just him uh, sort of talking to Kanan and Ezra through the force, but sort of guiding them through this Jedi trial. It's a really cool episode. If you haven't seen it yet, definitely check it out. Um, and also, I mean, the fact that they brought back Frank Oz to voice Yoda uh, was just so cool. Um <laughs> And I mean, on the one hand, I was kind of surprised because I was like, Dave Filoni worked with uh, with Tom Kane for so long on the Clone Wars series. You would think that it would be a, a natural choice to just bring Tom Kane back to voice Yoda. But I think on the one hand, um, I mean, we've talked about this endlessly with Rebels, how they're you know they're closer to the original trilogy time period and really just trying to sort of evoke the the look and feel of the original movies, and obviously using the voice of the original Yoda uh, goes right along with that. But then also the fact that you don't actually see him on screen, but you just hear his voice. Um, and Dave was, there, there was like an interview with Dave Filoni where he was talking about how it was really important for him to, um, you know, make sure that that voice was recognizable for people who you know may not have seen Clone Wars or who don't know Yoda that well. It's like, you need to be able to tell that this is Yoda. Cause I don't think he ever even says in the episode who he is. Um, he just says that, you know, he's a, a, a guide and he's sort of guiding Kanan and Ezra in the way of the force. But... Oh, that's true. Yeah. Kanan is like, oh, Master Yoda. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously we as fans can recognize that voice, but he was like, I just want to make sure everybody knows who this is. And so we, you know, use the original voice from the films, which is just so cool. I mean, first they brought back James Earl Jones to voice Darth Vader and now they're bringing back Frank Oz to voice Yoda. Um, you know, all these people who we thought were like done with Star Wars and had moved on and, you know, not to mention like Harrison Ford coming back to play Han Solo in episode seven. Um, but Frank Oz was another one who, you know, I'm pretty sure I've read some stuff where he's like, yeah, I've kind of, you know, I, I did my thing with Yoda and I put it behind me now. And I, I think he had kind of maybe even said he was like retired as Yoda, but, um, yeah, Dave Filoni got him to come back and play the character again. And like I said, it wasn't just like a small cameo. I mean, aside from the fact that he doesn't actually physically appear in this episode, he has a pretty big role and just has a, a lot of lines and a lot of dialogue. And it's just really cool to see. Yeah, it was a great episode. I mean, Frank Oz, I mean, Tom Kane did a great job on Clone Wars. He's a phenomenal job as Yoda. So where sometimes you can, you wouldn't even think where like, oh, I really want Frank Oz. It doesn't sound right. Tom Kane did a phenomenal job. But when you hear Frank Oz as Yoda, there's just something special about it where it's like, yeah, that's the Yoda. I remember the classic Yoda. This could help when I first heard him uh, speak a few words and just get a smile on my face. It was just cool to hear his voice again. And then, yeah, just some cool callbacks to uh, not necessarily, uh, I was going to say like Black Collar from Clone Wars, but they're just one thing that I brought to mind that was a cool callback where um, as Yoda was guiding uh, Ezra for those little lights, it was almost exactly the lights that Qui-Gon was using to guide uh, Yoda on Dagobah mm -hmm. in the Lost Missions episode. It just kind of made me think where, so Yoda is kind of at that level or at that point in his training to become like a force ghost that Qui-Gon was. And so a little cool callbacks to that I thought was nice to see. And then, yeah, just 
<laughs> we'll probably go into a whole rebel thing if we wanted to, like a lot of speculation and stuff. But that force vision that Ezra was going through, I don't know. I think it's laying down some groundwork that stuff that might take place later on in the series <laughs> as far as some eventual fates for characters. Don't want to spoil it too much if anyone hasn't seen it yet. But you know how force visions can be <laughs> as far as they can reveal things that will take place in the future or certain aspects of it. So just cool stuff with the force. I mean, force is my Force and the Jedi are my favorite aspect of Star Wars, and whenever we get episodes that deal with it, I'm, I'm a sucker for them. I'm going to love them, and this one delivered on it. So, yeah, definitely one of the best episodes of the series yet, and Frank Oz just made it that extra more special. Just loved it. But I will say this. I don't know how you, what you thought about this, Kyle, where in the, the temple, in the Jedi temple that was there, there was those uh, skeletons and bones of dead Jedi, and Kanan made the point of saying, they're the masters who the Padawans never return. I was like, huh, that's kind of strange. They wait for them there this whole time, and if they don't come out, they just stay there. Like, that's a little odd. I'm not sure if I'm <laughs> on board with that idea. I don't know, did that catch you off guard at all? Not really. I mean, obviously, I, I noticed when he said that, but, um, I mean, on the one hand, it was a little strange. On the other hand, there were two of them. And obviously this was like an ancient temple that nobody had been to in a while. And so, um, you know, when Kanan says something like there were 10,000 Jedi in the galaxy back in my day, I'm like, okay, so the idea that two of them were were patient and devoted enough to kind of just stay there meditating until they died because their Padawans never came back. um, I was like, eh... Okay, I mean, I, I guess I just didn't really think too much about it because it didn't really play that much of a pivotal role in the story. Um, this is maybe thinking like that, like a new aspect of the Jedi Padawan master relationship we never knew before. There's something new where <laughs> their Padawans don't come out. They're going to die <laughs> or stay there until they, until they die. Like, I don't know. I wouldn't think the Jedi would do that because I believe they would need to be more self-sacrificing and have themselves available to the greater good of the galaxy than to just being tied to their Padawans. So it just seemed odd to me that that would happen. Yeah, but, I don't know. I, again, I didn't really... Or maybe it's something where the Padawans fails and like they caused the temple to crumble or something and <laughs> they got hit by falling rocks and debris and they died that way. I don't know, but... Could have been. Or the temple you know, went back underground and they suffocated or something like that. Maybe they couldn't get out in time. That's that's possible. Yeah, but just the idea of them purposely waiting for their... Yeah, that, I don't know. It's some odd. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I didn't really read into it too much because it was just kind of one line that Kanan casually tosses out there. And I was just kind of like, so Yoda's in this episode. Um, (laughs) There are dead bodies in the temple. I didn't notice it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, obviously uh, rebels is kind of on a roll so far. Uh, You know, a great first half of the season to start off. It's over. Really? We only got a few episodes left. Yeah. Well, I think that was what, like the ninth episode. Yeah, but if you count the shorts and like the official episode number, it's officially like episode 10. Yeah, but we'll see. I mean, we know there's supposed to be 16 episodes in season one, but we don't know if that's counting Spark of Rebellion, if that's counting the shorts, all that kind of stuff. So, um, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of assuming that that includes Spark of Rebellion, but at this point, I'm not counting on that, including the shorts that came out before the show premiered. Um, and I kind of hope they don't include that because then I'd feel like we got cheated out of an episode. Yeah. <laughs> well, either way, we're probably down to like five or six or something like that. Seems kind of hard yeah. to believe. Seems like it just started, really. <laughs> but 
that's what happens when you only get 16 and you're kind of used to 22 with the Clone Wars, but... Yeah, but then, you know, we'll already get to see the beginning of Season 2 at uh, Celebration. Yeah, that'll make up for it. <laughs> yeah, and then, uh, I mean, like we were talking about with Mike on our last episode, you know, they're probably going to have a slightly different schedule than Clone Wars had, and so it could pick up again, uh, you know, at some point during the summer, so it won't be as long of a wait for Season 2. Yeah, that's true. Like, that we might get... A- if premieres in April, maybe it'll start like July, August or something in the summer for season two. Yeah, I don't know. We shall see. Yep. And um, we'll hopefully get season one on Blu-ray. And like the Spark of Rebellion movie that just came out on DVD, the series better hit Blu-ray. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it will. Because again, Disney wants your money. Yeah. And they want you to buy Spark of Rebellion on DVD now and then still buy it on Blu-ray with the whole season one box set later. I'll be happy to give it to them, too, as long as they put it out. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I didn't give them my money for the Spark of Rebellion DVD, but I'll... Yeah, neither did I, but the Blu-ray, they will Yeah, no, I'll, I'll get the Blu-ray box set. Um, yeah, and then uh, just last thing to wrap up with here, um, you know, back in, what was it, like 2012, The Phantom Menace got re-released in 3D, and yeah. then they were going to re-release Episodes 2 and 3 in 3D, and then... Disney bought Lucasfilm and announced they were making episode seven and the plans for converting the whole saga to 3d kind of got put on the shelf, uh, for the time being to focus on the new movies. Um, but then, and apparently episodes two and three were really close to done anyways. And, uh, you know, they've, they've shown bits and pieces of some of the 3d footage from those movies at various conventions and things. And I think maybe at celebration Europe, they showed all of uh, attack of the clones in 3d. Um, but it was just confirmed on star Wars.com recently that, uh, star Wars episode three revenge of the Sith will be making its 3d debut at celebration Anaheim this April. So just another reason to be there because it's going to be like the most awesome Star Wars filled four days you could imagine. Um, I mean, I'm already super excited for that just to you know, to get to see everybody there that we're uh, going to get to hang out with and to um, you know see new footage from Episode Seven and see the Rebels premiere. And I'm really, really hoping that we get to play like the first hands-on demo of Battlefront. But even if they don't have a demo available yet, just to see some new stuff from that um, and. Uh, you know, now we get to see not only episode three in 3D, but also they'll be showing episodes one and two in 3D as well. Um, and I'm I'm not sure if they say this in the release or not. Oh, yeah. OK. So they say all the Star Wars films will screen at Star Wars Celebration, including The Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones in 3D. Um, and they they did this at Celebration 6 as well, just not with the 3D versions. But they've got uh, or actually, no, you know what? They might have actually shown episode one in 3D. I don't remember. Um, but, uh, yeah, they had, um, you know, screening like a, they've got a dedicated screening room there where they're basically just like showing Star Wars movies every night for the entire convention. Um, and now at, uh, at Celebration Anaheim in April, you'll get to see the prequels in 3d. So that's going to be pretty awesome, pretty exciting. And, uh, I'm not exactly sure how big the room is going to be or how big the screen is going to be, but just seeing Star Wars on the big screen again is going to be awesome. Um, and then getting to see that 3D experience as well, it's going to be pretty sweet. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing, not even this, but episode two also, because I've heard 
both uh, Vendor the Sith and Attack of the Clones were had better 3D conversions than Episode One had. Yeah. Uh, so that should be cool to see. And this, like you said, seeing Star Wars again on the big screen. I mean, who knows how uh, time is going to work out time-wise to see all six of them. Well, that would be pretty cool to see all six movies on the big screen again. And then you get to see some new footage for Episode Seven later on <laughs> that weekend. That would be kind of awesome way to spend some of your time anyway at Celebration Anaheim. But... Although, is it something where there's set times, uh, if you remember from Celebration 6, where they have set screening times, or is it like something that plays on a loop where that, that room is just dedicated to playing Star Wars movies all the time? No, it was just a... Uh, they, they had scheduled times for it. Okay. Um, and I think, like, you know, it was maybe from, like, 6 to 9 and then 9 to midnight or something, and it was, like, on three of the days, like, one day they played episode 1 and 2, one day they played three and four and one day they played five and six i think okay. um gotcha. i think i actually have a loop where you just like you just need a break for a little bit you just walk in and see star wars wait sorry say what i was saying it'd be kind of cool if it was on a loop where like if you just need a break or something from the convention you just walk into a screening room sit down for a little bit watch a little bit of star wars i mean if you want stay and watch the whole thing but <laughs> there's a little way to relax and watching a star wars movie yeah i don't think they have the movie's going on a loop, but they do have other stuff screening throughout the convention. I mean, um, I know this year they're bringing back the fan film festival, so they'll probably have some fan films playing. I also remember last time at Celebration 6, they had a dedicated screening room that was just showing Clone Wars episodes. Um, and I think every like each of the four days, they had like a different theme. Um, like one day was like Jedi, one day was clones, one day was Sith, and one day was bounty hunters. And I think each day they played maybe like six or eight episodes throughout the day, like featuring those characters. Okay. Um, and so I would imagine this time around they'll probably do something similar for Rebels and maybe also something similar for Clone Wars too. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you want to take a break and go watch something, I'm sure they'll be plenty of opportunities but it's also going to be so jam-packed with stuff because i remember last time i was like yeah i I wanted to make plans to go and watch uh some of the clone wars episodes on the big screen because i think they were showing like i know for the jedi day they were showing like the mortis trilogy and for the clones they were showing the umbara arc and i wanted to go see some of those episodes on the big screen and was just so busy running around with other stuff either that or you know, was, was so tired after having done other stuff that I was just like, eh, I'm not going to get around to that. <laughs> yeah. Well, when, once you realize that there's, there. Oh, what? As long as they have those options there, it's always nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They definitely have the options there, but it's like, you know, once you realize how much new stuff there is, whether it's, you know, panels to go to or people to meet or, uh, you know, autographs to get or new f- you know, new stuff to check out or stuff to buy or whatever. Um, it's like going and watching movies or TV episodes that you've seen already. It's like, even though it would be cool to see those on big screen, that kind of gets bumped to the bottom of the list, but (laughs) seeing episodes two and three in 3d that will, uh, get my attention a little bit more. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, like you said, when you, especially with the celebration seven and I mean, who you would think nothing will be uh, scheduled with any episode seven stuff or panels. So, you know, those are going to be high on the priority list with regards to seeing like past episodes or something like that. But like I said before, it's nice to have that option. Yeah. Yeah. But there, there definitely will be no shortage of stuff to do there. 
Um, and yeah, I mean, as we've said before, we will both be there, uh, for any of you guys out there who are thinking about going, who want to go, uh, I would highly recommend it, especially, you know, as we start finding out more and more stuff about, uh, what we're going to get at Anaheim this year. Um, it's just, uh, you know, I, I keep adding stuff to my list of reasons to be excited for this convention, but I had a blast at Celebration 6. I can't wait for this one. It's going to become something where, like, Star Wars fan can't miss this. <laughs> like, it's going to be somewhere you have to go to to experience it. And yeah. unfortunately, not every Star Wars fan can, but I just get the feeling with Episode 7, it's going to be something you just cannot miss. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not sure exactly, like, how many people were at the last one or um, sort of how this ranks in comparison to, like, you know, some of the other big conventions. But basically, I mean, if you've never been to one of these before, it's – it's like San Diego Comic-Con, maybe slightly smaller than that. So if you're afraid of, like, huge crowds, it's not quite as crowded as, like, the 130,000 people or whatever that are at Comic-Con every year. But um, it, it's basically, like, that type of event. But instead of, like, going to the Star Wars panel on Saturday to, fit, you know, find out what's coming up on the Clone Wars or whatever, it's just Star Wars stuff all the time. Um, and... Uh, Oh man, it's just it's so much fun, so much cool stuff there. Um, especially, you know, if you get to to meet other, you know, meet and hang out with other fans there, or go with a group of friends or something like that. Um, it's just cool to to hang out with with friends and meet new fun people and just be surrounded by all this cool Star Wars stuff. So, um, yeah, absolutely cannot wait for this. And thankfully, this is only like a four month wait instead of uh, you know waiting the whole year for Episode Seven. So that's kind of like my first big uh, yep. you know checkpoint. Especially when it looks like we're going to see new Episode Seven stuff. That's the cool part. We're yeah. four months away from not only Celebration but from new Episode Seven footage too. So yeah, probably uh, you know our, our first sneak peek at whatever trailer is going to debut in front of uh, Avengers: Age of yeah. Ultron. Oh, man. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Just need to find out what day. More than likely, it'll be Saturday, probably, what the big Episode 7 panel is going to be. Yeah. Probably. And we'll find out if we'll have to sleep overnight online or something, <laughs> waiting to get in. Oh, yeah. I was like, wait, sleep online? <laughs> <laughs> Physically online, not the internet. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, that is just one of... Many uh, exciting things to come in this year that's going to be jam-packed full of awesome Star Wars stuff. So uh, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, wait, before we go, Tim, do we have any like fan mail or, or Facebook comments or anything like that that you want to read? Uh, no, not for this one. Okay. Well, uh, then I'm waving my hand at the computer right now. You guys will send us mail and facebook comments and stuff for next time uh check us out on facebook facebook.com slash star wars the saga continues follow us on twitter at uh twitter.com no just at star wars tsc uh yeah follow us on twitter at star wars tsc or maybe twitter.com slash star wars tsc or something if like you that want to type i don't know <laughs> yeah it's easier to just go on twitter type in the search bar at star wars tsc that's our twitter handle uh you can send us email at star wars tsc at gmail.com uh to send us questions comments uh thoughts suggestions uh if you want to say hey guys what the heck was up with that 
Pokemon tangent in the middle of the episode, your freaking weirdos, uh, anything like that. Um, we always enjoy hearing from our listeners, so uh, feel free to send us mail on there. And, of course, you can check out our website, uh, StarWarsTSC.com, uh, to find all the latest news stories and all our uh, archived episodes and all that good stuff. Um, so, yeah, like I said, that's going to do it for now. Uh, Tim, anything else before we go that you want to add? I think we got it all covered. Just again, so glad we're in 2015. It's going to be instead of Darth Vader says a day long remembered, it's going to be a year long remembered. That's for sure. <laughs> so, yes. so glad we're finally in it. I, I started the episode with this and I'll end it with this same thing. Guys, Star Wars Episode 7 comes out this year. And I've been waiting since the end of 2012 to say that. And now we can finally <laughs> say it. And I'll be saying it for 11 more months until the movie finally comes out. So feels so good. <laughs> it feels so good indeed. Uh, we will be back with another episode once we've got uh, some more awesome stuff to talk about. And I'm sure, you know, it'll just keep coming um, because, you know, there, there's just going to be more piling on to this huge fire of Star Wars fandomonium that's going on so uh yeah until then thank you guys for tuning in we will see you next time and may the force be with you see you next time everybody <laughs>